0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on go GoToDobbs.com for money, saver, tire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy.
1: Please do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah.
0: The Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Guess what day it is? Half Hump Day! Good morning everyone and welcome to Happy Hump Day on 101 ESPN. It is such an unusual hump day because we have Monday off that Matthew Rocchio completely forgot that it was hump day. <laughs> and that's why it took so long it to say happens. happy hump day. Kerry Davis, Randy Kerr, Matthew Rocchio. How are you doing, CD? I am doing well, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to have uh, you with us. And it's I don't know what the deal is. I guess he doesn't like to hear us talk during breaks and stuff, huh?
3: You got those noise-canceling yeah. headphones. Yeah. those they're, they're pretty new and spiffy. They look good, though. They do. They, they match his shirt. They—they. They, those are some, some I wore nice a, I wear a lot headphones. of blue and I was yeah, like, yeah. I, gotta,
5: I gotta go with the, the matching. But, but you know, I had a, I had a to back up my last headphones broken like november oh, so and he was those things good pair.
3: those things were slapping him across the head every now and then when you <laughs> tried to put them on it was pretty pretty interesting to watch from time to time the headphones won a battle or two in this in the studio so i'm, I'm glad he got some new ones but he can't hear us if we're not talking on the mic so we have to make sure we're talking on the mic exactly there you go now you he can hey we've got a,
4: a new text line if you aren't aware The text line number now is 314-399-9646, a.k.a. 314-399-YOHO! And if you just put that in your phone, all you have to do is put that in your phone to text a six five seven eight zero. Matthew is enjoying this immensely. <laughs>
5: because now, now I'm, I'm gonna do something really. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna do. I'm. I don't know. I'm a Buccaneers fan. I'm gonna grab like uh, some cannon sounds now. Oh, next yeah. time we do, yeah. Next yeah. Time you say three nine nine yoho. Just fire off the cannons <laughs> like it's Raymond James Stadium <laughs> We just got a touchdown.
4: It's seven o two. Your time, check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, An officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And the Blues came away with a six shootout win over the Maple Leafs last night at the Air Canada Center 18, or the now it's called the Scotiabank Center used to be Air Canada Center 18553 on hand and by the way Matthew was telling me earlier that he was just for fun looking up prices on Ticketmaster to go to a Maple Leaf game upper bowl is how much
5: uh 280 280 wow. Canadian which is you know another like 20 30 bucks i think if it's uh, american i don't know if we'd sell out at 280 really? in the upper bowl lower bowl's 800 Wow. For like the the back of like section like 112, one ticket. I didn't even like check what like middle. I didn't even check what like center ice. Like seven rows up would probably be, but I'm guessing like 1200. Well, wow. they got a lot of money up there. It's I it's... mean, it's it's Toronto or Montreal are the are the heavy hitters, but I I didn't realize it was heavy hitting. <laughs> Toronto, if
4: it were in America would be the number 4 market.
5: Okay.
3: That's so pretty They're, low. they're yeah. big time. Okay. That big makes sense. And, and,
4: beautiful city.
3: Toronto is a beautiful city. Yeah, they do it right. They do. they do it right
4: in Canada. So the Blues, 4-10 into the game. Justin Falk goes into the box for tripping, and you know what's going to happen when the Blues take a penalty. Tavares has it for Toronto.
6: Racing two at Robert Bortuzzo. Knocked it loose to Sod. Nice play to Achari. Back to Sod. Skates up the right wing. In on Marner. Cuts to the middle. Saad scoops it. scores! And a shorthanded goal by Sod as the Blues on top one, nothing. 15.08 to go, period number one.
3: Okay, I did not see that coming. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no one, I don't think anyone expected that to happen. They're, you know, the, the Blues are they, are, they are a team that is, eh, you know, say so mm-hmm. you, you feel like you get on a penalty, you're going to. Potentially get scored on, and then you put the puck in the net and, and put the puck in the net, and you score a shorthanded goal. And who who would have expected that, Randy?
4: Well, and on the ice, you have Marner, you have Matthews, you have Nylander, you have Tavares, uh, you you have uh, uh, who did I leave? Oh, Bunting. I'm playing with a different salary cap. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah, Canadian one.
3: Okay,
4: so that group uh, is on the ice. You figure they're going to score, but the Blues score, and it's 1-0. Braden Shen scoring in the first period as well at the thirteen oh one mark on the power play, 2-0 Blues. Pierre Ingval scoring for Toronto to make it 2-1 after one. Then the Blues got a goal from Cairo early in the second period, a power play goal, 3-1 Blues. Back comes Toronto Lander, his 22nd of the year, but Le- Levo scored for the Blues, 4-2. But it was a 4-3 game when Michael Bunting was able to score one for the uh, Maple Leafs, and then Brandon Sod one more time for the Blues.
6: Blues get it in front. They shoot and score! Brandon Sod is second of the game. If you bet the over, you're happy halfway through this one. It's 5-3 St. Louis, 8-15 to go in the second.
4: Things slowed down after that, but it was Toronto scoring the last two goals of Vegas. Matthews at the 1437 mark of the second and then in the third on the power play. Kind of a weird power play. Michael Bunting, his 13th of the year, and Toronto had tied it at five. Bunting probably didn't deserve to draw the penalty. Robert Thomas was in the box for uh, high sticking, and Toronto was able to score to tie the game at five apiece. And the, and the call kind of sucked.
3: Yeah, it wasn't. A, we, we Matthew just showed us the the still photo of it. He got it in the chest. It was. It didn't seem very high stickish, but you know, it's called. You get the penalty called on you, and and unfortunately, they they score the goal. Uh, but the Blues were able to rebound well how about the action in the overtime though the three yeah, on three that was uh, that was there was a lot of there there was there was one about the first two minutes Thomas was on the ice uh, yeah, right, and they couldn't right. get off they could not get off and it was like oh this is a little bit of a scary situation and you can kind of they're they're pointing to the bench hey I'm coming mm-hmm. hurry up pay attention look for me um but they were able to sustain and and not give up any goals and and actually had an opportunity to score a few goals there uh, but weren't able to get it in. So we go to the shootout. We go to the extra innings shootout after
4: each team went through three even. And Braden Shen had the opportunity to win it for the Blues.
6: They put the puck on the blue dot at center ice, and Braden Shen's going to come in to try to win it for the Blues. In the shootout, Shen in. Shoot, score! Bring out the Zamboni. Shootout win for the St. Louis Blues. A 6 5 win in Toronto. And the Blues start the road trip with two points in a seesaw battle at the Scotiabank Arena. But get a huge win tonight, Joe.
4: Here is the Blues head coach, Craig Bruby.
5: Yeah, we did some good things
7: offensively. A couple power play goals, We're shorthanded. So uh, special
2: teams
4: are a big factor tonight for sure. I thought we played pretty solid in two periods. It still was, you know, a tight game. They can score, you know, they're a good team. But uh, third period, they they made a good push. Uh, You know, we we bent a little, but we didn't break. So this is the first game without Tarasenko and without Ryan O'Reilly. And, yeah, they did bend a little. And there was a lot of sharpshooting, a lot of goals scored. But... You come out on top, and that's all you can ask for, is to try to tread water as much as you can. I, I don't have a ton of belief that this team is going to be able to go on a sustained run, but that was fun.
3: Well, it, it was fun. But I, I think you say, I don't think it's sustainable to give up five goals and nope. continue to win games, uh, even though you were able to get six last night. we were. At, I asked Panger yesterday, who else besides Kyru and Thomas needed to step up? Brayden Shin has been playing extremely well You know, the last few games. He got 11 shots on goal mm-hmm. versus the, the Blackhawks a couple of days ago, a couple of games ago, um, and got the game winner last night. You, you need guys that are going to step up with O'Reilly and Tarasenko being out for this extended period of time. I don't think it's sustainable, though. As you say, Randy, if you do not play better on the defensive end, allowing five goals, I, I believe this is—it was five games, three, three or four games in a row, and then a game off, and now we have another five-game go, five-goal game, goal, five goal game uh, that they're allowing. So at some point, you're going to have to figure out how to not let so many shots on to go. I don't, I can't. Believe that every shot that's going in is solely on Bennington. You know, there's traffic in Mm -hmm. front. There are there are guys that are getting shots off that probably shouldn't be getting shots off. So you're going to have to figure out a way to be sound, more sound on the defensive end to to stop allowing these goals to go into your net. And the Blues did have the advantage going three for three on the power play plus a
4: shorthanded goal. Five on five, CD. They were minus six. (laughs) It's not great. No, you you got to win five on five. Yes,
3: yes, and and I mean they talked about you know the power play, the special teams were really good a couple of power play goals a shorthanded goal those are great but majority of the game is going to be played five on five if I'm not mistaken yes, you're, you're going to have to be able to stop some people you know when when you have five men on the ice and they do as well and like I said 5 goals a game is an issue for me. That that it, it it is a lot. It would be if the Cardinals were giving up 5 runs a game, we would be we would be trying to figure out what what the hell is going on. We got to pitch better. Mm-hmm. Here, we got to play better defense and and not allow that that many shots on goal. Yeah, it's this is not the way Craig Berube nah, likes to play. I, 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 I mean, we, we, when, we were listening to the, the cut-up from Army yesterday talking about bringing the young guys up, and it's a little bit tough of a time because they're going to be – we play the wrong way up yeah, here right there's now. There's no structure. That, this is the wrong way. And, and here's the – as a coach – This is probably one of the most frustrating and infuriating things. When you have success, a la a win, knowing that you are not playing your best. Because as a player, you're like, oh, we won the game. Yo, go ahead. And and as a coach, you're like, oh, my God, this is going to get us killed. At some point, it's going to get us killed, and it's going to be bad, and it's going to be repetitive. So there are things that they have to correct and have Mm -hmm. to fix. A win is a win. Obviously, you're excited about that, but – giving up five goals, you you would have to be stressing out.
4: And it's different if you're in first place, right? Because then you walk in and you say, okay, you guys got away with
3: one yeah. but we got stuff to work yeah. on. Yeah, But well, you aren't good enough to no, say that. No, 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 no. <laughs> and it, it, it's a bad, it's a, it's a recipe for disaster. The
4: Blues back in action tomorrow night. They play the Devils at New Jersey. That's a 5 o'clock pregame tomorrow night with Alex and Joey here on 101 ESPN. The latest on Demar Hamlin of the Bills came at 1230 yesterday afternoon. He spent uh, last night, that would be Monday night, in the intensive care unit and remains there today in critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. His family says, quote, We are grateful and thankful for the outpouring of support we have received thus far, and we just aren't getting much news, and that obviously leads to speculation. We won't speculate here, but you just keep praying for the kid and hope that he's able to come through this.
3: Yeah, you do. I mean, it, it is a, a an awful situation that— no parent wants to have to go through. No family, no teammate, no team wants to have to deal with. Um, and you just pray. You just pray that that everything is okay. And like I said yesterday, that was one of the hardest things, even still today, Randy, it's still hard to to digest what I what we witnessed and what we saw, even though we weren't able to see what actually was taking place on the field. Mm-hmm. They did a, a really good job of covering him and surrounding him so you wouldn't be able to see it. But you saw the reactions of his teammates, yeah. and that's the part. That, you know, I keep replaying in my head, what did they see? And we know what they saw. But, you know, how did they envision that and see that their teammate laying there on the field, unable to get up on his own? That's a tough deal to to really, you know, put together and piece together in your mind. And they're still – Randy, they have to play a game this weekend. And so – one thing about being a professional athlete is you, you're you able to compartmentalize so many things in your life and put this in this box while you need to do this and put this in this box and, and put all of those boxes to the side so that I can go play this game for three hours or I can go practice you know, throughout the day and be able to get my job done. It's going to be hard to place this situation in a box and push it to the side because it's always going to be present you're going to be looking in that defensive backfield and he's not going to be Mm. there. And so when you're at practice, that's going to be a constant reminder that, man, our guy is still not here. He's still not well. That's going to be a tough thing to try to compartmentalize and, and get to work. And I don't know how the Buffalo Bills are able to do that.
4: We're in a society where people lump the media all together and say, I hate the media. Yeah. And when Bart Scott says what Bart Scott said yesterday, essentially blaming T. Higgins, uh, I, I get it I because anybody who's paid a, a nominal degree of attention to the National Football League, and Bart, I know, pays a lot more attention, should realize that not only was that not T. Higgins' fault, but the league has made a concerted effort to try to bring the shoulder back into the game and, and make it, T. Higgins
3: played the game the way it was supposed to be played there. It was just a freak accident. It, it was a freak accident. He lowered his shoulder. He put his pads down. He st- He didn't put his head in there. It was his shoulder that, that hit uh, DeMar Hamlin's chest. And that's the scary part. That's a, a, as I said yesterday, a normal football play that had an abnormal result at the yeah. end of it. And let me ask you this. Has Bart Scott ever hit you in the chest with his shoulder pad? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he Bart Scott hit one of my teammates and and <laughs> gave him a standing 8 count because he was concussed as he was walking off the field. So I, yeah, so I, I don't I, I don't pay attention to 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 that. It's ridiculous, it, 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 and, and I is. feel bad
4: for him that he said it.
3: He he sometimes he has he has diarrhea of the mouth. Mm-hmm. He just yeah. talks and spews things out, and he doesn't know what he's saying. And that was an incident, uh, an instance where I'm sure if he could take it back, he would because yeah. that is not. T. Higgins is already dealing with that, knowing that he caused, even though it was not intentional. I still caused it, mm-hmm. and so that's something that T Higgins is trying to process as well and his teammates are trying to probably help him through that his family because that's not something you take lightly making somebody harming someone to the point where they don't get up to the point where they go to the hospital those are things that that you fear as an athlete and so you know it, it's probably it's a little bit irresponsible for, yeah. for Bart to have said that um like I said I'm sure if he had an opportunity to take it back he would but uh, it's already out there and and you know like i said both teams are are dealing with this in real time and it is a an extremely tough situation for for these guys to go through
4: absolutely and one other note before we get to ask uncle randy and you can text us at 314-399-9646 that's 314-399 yoho <laughs> uh Giannis with 55 last night the wizards wizards were hot but Giannis is pretty good so Giannis with a double nickel for the Bucks over the Wizards.
3: You know, I I, I like Giannis's game. I, I think he is a he is spectacular. First of all, but I like the fact that after he won the championship and had a fifty pointer, he went to Chick Fil A and got chick, fifty Chick ch, chicken nuggets, yeah. like fifty of them. Please give me all exactly of them. Exactly fifty. <laughs> exactly fifty. That's what I got last night. That's what I want today. I just like the humor that he has. He loves basketball. He yeah. makes the game fun and. I think the thing that is so interesting about him you you hear his story and and how they grew up pretty much dirt poor and and having to come all of his brothers and and all in one home. You got your brother on the team. You got another brother that's been in the league. It's exciting to see him understand his background, where he's come from and and his rise to fame and still, you know, still a normal person for the most part. And he's the guy. The guy
4: in the league that signed a long-term contract with a mid-market team. I guess Lillard, but Nobody else does. Yeah,
3: yeah. he he wanted to stay there. And there were talks that maybe, you know, at the end of it, he might leave. But mm-hmm. he's, he's got some time. He's there for the long term now. Yep. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up, get your text in to the Air
4: Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Ask Uncle Randy. Coming your way on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
0: Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN.
4: Hold on here. Here we go.
3: I've been around, you know. So...
4: You can text six five seven eight zero, but it ain't going to do you a damn bit of good. <laughs> <laughs> that one doesn't work anymore. And uh, Matthew's just sinking. He just pointed at his head. And
5: said, yeah, that's the time. I caught Tioli yesterday. I know. I didn't even Uh, think about the Uncle Randy
4: one 314-399-9646 is our new text number just store it in your phone, just put it right there 101 ESPN, it'll be the first thing that pops up when you want to text us 314-399-9646 or 314 399 ho! there we go Um, (laughs) Matthew, what do you got? (laughs) I got a new note in my planner, that's what I got right. <laughs> There you go You gotta have the guy with the deep voice give us a new number, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly 314 uh,
5: 399 Cut and print it uh, Uncle Randy, my girlfriend takes selfies of herself every chance she gets mm-hmm. during the day To make sure her hair and makeup is looking good It's so annoying, how do I tell her I'm sick of this without creating an argument?
4: You should not say you're sick of it You should have her send you the selfies To remind you of her beauty
3: is that the best way to go about it? It is. Yeah. You just don't say anything. Don't say anything. That, that you right. you have a lot of wisdom, and this is why we do this segment every every Wednesday. Uncle Randy comes with the the things that we need to know, especially us men, because younger men that don't you know maybe new into relationships or new into marriages that that haven't been as, as you said around. You know, mm-hmm. he, we don't we don't know well, these things. Kerry, here's
4: the th- here's the thing that I, I ask myself is, how can this be a winning situation for me? And it seems to me, if your girlfriend likes to take pictures of herself, and obviously she's your girlfriend, you find her attractive, there is no winning situation if you tell her, don't take selfies of yourself.
3: You can't win. Not at all. No. There, there, there is, so either you're going to have to grin and bear it or you got to leave. Yeah, is, that, is that the, the those are yeah. the only options? Yeah. And, and have her send the selfies to you. And that'll, that, yeah. that will, that that. what if it's all day long though? What if it's like 50 sure. text She'll messages? She'll get tired of sending them. <laughs> She'll, get tired. She'll
4: get tired of if She will. But yeah, you don't. You, you don't tell your girlfriend or your wife. Don't take selfies of yourself.
3: Also, why? Why is it annoying you so much? Yeah. Well, I'm I if, if it's, kind of if it's by that. constant all day, we can't. We can't eat. We can't talk. That's we can't do is it, anything. Is, that it is? is it that constant? I, I, I would assume that that's what the the. The person is referring to. That's legitimately stopping you from
5: being able to live your life with her. That's if it's that I mean, bad, if it's
3: you know, you have some people that don't allow you to eat your food when the food comes because they want to yeah, take pictures. Right? Like,
5: yeah, that would bother. Hey, that bothers me. Hey, that is. I've been, been, here's been what waiting you do, six, six hours, hours here's what you to eat. eat. Mm-hmm. As, just as the flash is about to go off, you take your fork. And you just mess it up <laughs> Okay here we gotta do
4: it So now we gotta go and check out uh, Matthew Rocchio's Instagram page here and See if there's a point there
3: and Any food pictures with, with Oh yeah rock has got food pictures baby <laughs> Well, I'm a total hypocrite
4: here
5: But that doesn't bother me because it's not a constant thing It's every once in a while and so, that's like, true. That's the thing. It's not a constant yeah. thing for me. So that, like, the one quick picture of dinner and stuff like that. That's just like that's just playing the game at our yeah. age. Yeah. You, you have to go. That. I don't no participate problem. as much. But if it, but if, but if it was a constant thing and that was you're kind of like the straw breaking the camel's back, mm-hmm. I could understand that. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. D- don't, don't let the selfies get to you.
5: Uh, dear Uncle Randy, is the offense this good in the NBA to have all these high scores, or is the NBA defense this bad? I remember when fifty point games were special.
4: I think that, first of all, we have an array of really gifted players. When you're talking Giannis, when you're talking Booker, when you're talking Luka, you've got a, a group of Embiid, a, a group of really gifted players. And I don't think the effort exhibited on defense, its at least during the first three quarters, is what it was in the past.
3: Randy, what I, I've heard, <laughs> there's, I've heard people that that scorers have have told me uh, that you only get hurt playing defense. Yeah, no need. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry got hurt playing defense, right? He, 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 most people don't don't give too much effort on the defensive end cuz there's nothing good to come out of it right. <laughs> other than injuries. Am I hey, you think I'm wrong rock? That, that, Who, that, who's getting the money? <laughs> the guys that score the points. The yep. so, no, defenders, you know. You you taking Patrick Beverly or you taking you taking Steph Curry? Oh, come I'm on. I'm just saying. They're, they're both elite at what they do, right? They're, they both are elite there at what they go. do. There you go. You, but you're taking one over the other. That's fair. <laughs> you, Except for there's a lot of guys who are,
5: if you're talking about just you know the great players, there's there's a ton of big men I'm taking before Carl Anthony Towns because they can play defense and he doesn't. Well, he doesn't. Yeah. That, but that, I'm just saying there's a lot of guys out there who do not play defense who are never going to be as highly valued as the guys you, who you are take just him. as good. Who do play defense? You're taking Patrick Ewing or Carl Anthony Towns. I'm taking... Oh my <laughs> oh, oh, god. Ewing. Ewing. Here's the thing. <laughs> taking Patrick, Patrick Ewing, If, Sorry, if you go Ewing. back
3: Patrick Ewing, Patrick Ewing.
4: Even 25 years hard. ago, really until Dirk came along, the 610 guy didn't shoot threes. And right. the three pointer wasn't as because of analytics as prevalent as it is now. And I that's the one sport where I say analytics, go for it. Because yeah. it make the, the analytics, the numbers make sense. And now that you have Everybody on the floor able to shoot the three, and teams are encouraging shooting the three. It shouldn't be a surprise that there's more fifty-point games than ever.
5: Yeah, and it's it's scoring in, in a game. I saw I told you guys this yesterday off the year. Scoring right now, points per game, is at its highest level since 1985. Mm-hmm. So, like while fifty-point games, like I said this yesterday, also it is on pace to be the highest amount of fifty-point games since 1962, 1963, exactly sixty years. But the overall scoring. Isn't some you know crazy thing we've never seen in modern game? I mean, this is this is the kind of scoring we saw in the early days of Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, and those guys. So it's not that crazy.
4: And there is no hand checking now, which there was at that time.
5: Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's true. Dear Uncle Randy, I am participating in Dry January. Does participating in the Devil's Lettuce disqualify me? Uh, it it, seems it's dry.
4: Me. It's dry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead. It's, it's yeah. Seems so dry.
4: if you want to take advantage of the ganja. And you're experiencing a dry January, go for it. Yeah, I would say that there's absolutely no tr- no problem in puffing the Magic Dragon during the first month of the year.
5: Uncle Randy, thinking about taking my son to our first winter warm-up, never been before, is it worth going? It is worth going, and you need to go to cardinals.com and check out and see if
4: there's any autograph tickets available. You'll have to stand in line for autographs, and this year it's going to be different because it's going to be at bush stadium and ballpark village it's never been there before and so it's going to be a different type of atmosphere but just not only getting autographs but going around and seeing all the different vendors and seeing all the different uh cardinal uh cardinal historical items that you'll be able to see and listen to the Q and A sessions that they'll have yeah it's a pretty cool event so take your son absolutely
3: definitely
5: uh, dear Uncle Randy, if the Cardinals roster was a hockey team, who would be the captain, goalie, sniper, and goon?
4: Okay, oh. your sniper is Goldie. Okay. Your captain is probably Wayno. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you have a goon now.
3: I would say Arenado. Yeah, he's 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 got a little. He's a little fiery. Yeah, he was. I, I kind of. Kind of like that. That that that. I mean, it would have been Yachty, no No questions (laughs) (laughs) asked. And you'd have had to fight him if you wouldn't. If you'd have said anyone else. But I think I think is probably
4: going to be first one in, right? So okay, what was the fourth one? So we did captain. Oh, goalie, captain,
5: goalie, sniper, goon. I guess Contreras would be the goalie. Eh, He's stopping. Eh, He's back there. Yeah. It's yeah. You got a backstop. You got a backstop. It's kind of simple. Also, Randy, we had a. Uh, player or somebody texted in here and said, uh, "Randy saying ganja is the highlight of my day." Oh, <laughs> Randy, do you by chance have any other uh, terms or words you like to use? I, I really don't. Uh, I I no? know that there okay. are people out there okay, that are just fans fine, of fine. the Acapulco Black okay.
4: and if you like to partake that's fine if, if you like the banana there's absolutely it's legal now it, it makes it makes you feel better so if if, if you want to just uh, enjoy a blondie that's that's very cool uh, it, and by some accounts broccolo is good for you so just just uh yeah grab you know head on over to one of the stores now get some chillums and uh, just uh, roll it up you know and uh, whether you go with the queen anne's lace or the railroad weed or whatever you want to go with just uh that, that dinky dow it, it will make for a uh, an entertaining if dry january <laughs> the crying weed <laughs>
5: <laughs> all right thank you ready that's that's really all i wanted to get out of that thank you so much well right here you are here some but- people like the chiba uh, Some people don't. Sheba's always actually kind of been my low-key favorite one that no one uses enough. Um, when when we hit when on four twenty this past year on April twentieth, okay. we put a, we put the clock on for sixty seconds and we gave Randy see see how many different <laughs> terms Randy could list off in under sixty. I think he got like twenty four different terms. It was really? almost one per it was almost one per two seconds. It was pretty impressive.
4: So if you're experiencing a dry January, do me a favor and just go visit Aunt Mary.
5: There it is. Dance, dance a little with Mary Jane. Yeah. There, it there is. you go. There
4: you go. Thank you, Matthew.
5: Thank you, Randy. And
4: thank you very much for your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 314 399. Yo ho! That's 314 399 9646. Put it in your phone. Next up, the NFL is going to award some playoff spots this weekend. Who do we like in the NFC and the AFC to get those wild cards? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN.
1: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Both the AFC and the NFC have six of their seven playoff teams established, and there will be games this weekend that'll determine the seventh team in each conference. And three teams in each conference have a chance. First of all, in the NFC, Kerry, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Minnesota, Tampa, Dallas, and the Giants are in, although there is still a chance for San Francisco to get home field and get the bye. They would win a tie break over Minnesota based on the best win percentage in conference games if Philadelphia doesn't win. If Philadelphia loses this weekend to the Giants, then San Francisco would have an opportunity to grab the bye and have the number one seed. But we're looking at the seventh seed here and the first thing we need to note is that Green Bay playing Sunday night against Detroit. If the Packers win, they're in.
3: Yes. If the Packers win versus the uh, Detroit Lions, and we were talking about it off air, when's the last time the Detroit Lions played in a Sunday night meaningful game? We know they play every, every Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. They, they, they get that Thursday game. They probably get a few Thursday games here and there. But a, a Sunday night finale for an opportunity to make it to the playoffs um, if some things go right for them. Green Bay wins therein that Detroit has to beat Green Bay and see the Seattle Seahawks have to lose for them to get in which are are, are both feasible things mm-hmm. with the way that Detroit is playing and and you know that the fact that uh, everything is right there for them. but you said Green Bay, the, the run that they've made over these last six to eight weeks has been absolutely amazing because I thought they were dead in the water mm-hmm. early in the season. I think they were two and six. And I think everybody, everyone wrote them off as a team that had no yeah. chance of making it to the to the playoffs.
4: And I think three and eight, right? Three and eight and now Yeah, eight eight and eight. Now, Detroit can be eliminated. If Seattle knocks off the Rams, if Seattle wins that game, then we go into Sunday night with Green Bay having a chance to advance. And if they lose, Seattle yes. would wind up going to the playoffs. And obviously, Detroit would need to beat Green Bay, and they would need the Rams to beat Seattle. So Detroit
3: is clearly the longest shot here. They are, and, and but we've we know we know this from when the Rams were here when the Rams were bad and they would go to Seattle, yep. they would always play well. And it was the strangest thing. Um, it's something about that organization. Those types of things linger and stick around. Even when you are you far removed from the teams that, that are here, it's just kind of the history and the understanding. When you look at the, the win loss records versus a team, you know that you can beat that team in that city. Um, do I think that Los Angeles will win? I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. Uh, but Seattle has a has, has a has a clear path to take care of their business, and if Detroit can take care of their business, they're in. There, uh, the Seattle Seahawks will be in. So, what do you think will happen? What I think is going to happen is I I think that Detroit is going to give Green Bay a run for their money. Green Bay won that game last week versus the Vikings. The Vikings turned the ball over. Kirk Cousins was, I think he forgot what color jersey they were wearing. Yeah. <laughs> and they also gave up a kick return, uh, uh, interception return for a touchdown. That's 14 points that, that put the, the Vikings in the hole. I don't think Detroit are gonna, is going to turn the ball over like that. I think Jared Goff is going to take care of the football. DeAndre Swift came back healthy. I think Detroit wins this game. But I also think Seattle wins their game, and so therefore Seattle is the one that makes it to the playoffs. Packers are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Seattle
4: is six-and-a-half-point favorites. By the way, Seattle is at home. Meaningful game at Seattle with the 12s makes things much more difficult for the young Rams offense. so
3: loud in there, Randy. It is is truly a 12th-man advantage for that team because it is extremely loud in that stadium.
4: I think Green Bay is going to win their game against Detroit. So. I don't think it matters what happens in the afternoon. I just This is one of those situations where Green Bay is rolling. They're at home. They are. They're confident. All of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, but the process throughout the season has become... That now Aaron Rodgers is pretty
3: confident in his receivers all of a sudden. Well, Aaron Jones being back healthy yeah. helps them tremendously. They they were they were struggling uh, with with him not being in the fold. Their receivers have matured over the season. Christian Watson is a guy that you talk about the first pass of the year dropped it mm-hmm. huge drop, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a long season for them. He has started to mature. You get Alan Lazard back in the fold, and he's playing well for them. Dobbs. Also, Dobbs is playing well. They are they are a team that is. Seeming to be hot at the right time, but I there is something about this Detroit Lions team. I know they haven't played well on the road, but it's something about this moment for me and this team becoming a mature football team going into next season. I think they win this game. And we should note that in Detroit... Rodgers threw a couple
4: of red zone interceptions. He had, a, he had his worst game of the year in Detroit in the loss to yeah. the Lions at 14. Yeah, as they,
3: they, 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 like you said, they lost to him earlier in the season, 15-9. So, you know, that's something for that, for that Detroit Lions team to hang their hat on as well. They know that they can play with this team. They know that they can stop them if need be. Um, and they are, they are getting healthy, and they're starting to show some, show some life offensively for what they're able to do. All right, so let's move now to the AFC where the Patriots
4: who play the Bills are winning in. If the Patriots get to nine and eight, they'll be in the playoffs against a Bills team that is, as we mentioned to each other off the air, completely unpredictable this week.
3: You have no clue. I I, I mean, you know, are they gonna go out there and play their hearts out for, for, for their teammate? Are they gonna go out and give give everything they have? Or are they gonna be so, you know, in awe or in shock from what took place on Monday night that they still are trying to put the pieces back together as a team. We don't know. And and so I, I couldn't tell you. I mm-hmm. I have no clue. It could be that the New England Patriots go out there and take care of their business in Buffalo and win a game going away. Or, you know, they could go out there and, and Buffalo really steamroll them because they are they are playing with heavy hearts, you know, waiting for information or, or hoping for information about their teammate. So if Buffalo would beat
4: New England – Miami hosts the Jets, how'd you like to go to that game, uh, <laughs> with, with no Tua and probably no Teddy Bridgewater, and the Jets have their own problems, I think they've lost five in a row, but if Miami wins and New England loses, Miami would make the playoffs.
3: I, again, the New York Jets, a team that three, four weeks ago, we were looking at it as a potential six yeah. or seventh seed, and now they're out of the playoffs. But if they win this game, they can keep their division rival in the Miami Dolphins out. So you, that always plays a part. Now, I, I do like that the NFL do, has done this these past couple of years, putting the divisional games at the end of the season. Yeah. That matters so much because you get an opportunity to, to knock a team down. You you look at the Giants playing the Jets this weekend. I mean, the Giants playing the Eagles this weekend. They don't like the, the Eagles. And so, yeah, the Giants are in the playoffs, but they if they can keep the Eagles from winning that number 1 overall seed? Why not? So, I love the fact that they they they're playing these divisional games at the end of the season. The Jets don't want the Dolphins to be in. They don't want the the they they hope that the mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills take care of the Patriots so that they're not in. And Randy, this is a again, this is the division that 4 or 5 weeks ago we were saying all four teams could, could potentially be in. be in and now we're looking at maybe one. Right? <laughs> okay, so let's look
4: at that scenario. Let's look at Buffalo beating New England and eliminating the Patriots. Yep. And the Jets eliminating the Dolphins. The Pittsburgh Steelers sitting there at home with a game against the Cleveland Browns.
3: You're knocking? Let us in. <laughs> yeah.
4: So, if New England loses and Miami loses and Pittsburgh beats Cleveland, the
3: Steelers will be in
4: the playoffs again.
3: Randy, I, if you would have told me this, a uh, week seven, week eight... I would have just said no way it's not happening it's not it's not possible and as much as as Randy you would be surprised how much some fans dis dislike Mike Tomlin like there are there is a a, a group of people a, a section of of, of Steeler fans that are waiting, you know, just waiting, foaming at the mouth for him to be fired. And, I see a text
4: line about Jumbo <laughs> Zaloc every day.
3: Come they, on, they I, are, I get it. They are foaming <laughs> at the mouth for this man to be fired. And a, a, as much as people say, well, yeah, the, the winning, not having a losing season, that's cool, but it, it doesn't matter to take this team to be 8 and 8 at this point and and all of the young guys that they've had they've had quarterback injuries they've had you know people in and out of the lineup your star defensive end outside linebacker has missed multiple games they are still right there now they need some help mm-hmm. they need they need for the for the Patriots to lose and they need for the Dolphins to lose but they can be in the playoffs and who would have thought this was even a possibility when they were 1 and 5 1 and 4 earlier in the season no one would have thought that I think what they do is amazing. And in that
4: league more than in baseball, because the league is set up when you're good, you're supposed to go down. And when you're down, you're supposed to be become good because right. that's the way the draft works. Right. To be competitive in the playoffs year after year after year after year after year is remarkable. It it's is. amazing in the NFL.
3: And it, it speaks to to how well they scout and how well they develop because I remember a couple of years ago, uh, it was a, a video of Mike Tomlin talking to Chase Young. He's like, man, I, I'll never be able to get a guy like you, you know, because <laughs> right. I won't be drafting in the top five. Like, I, I just, I, I won't get a guy like you to your ability. I, I, I'm sorry that I can't. I love that I wish I could, but I, I don't wish that I could because that means we stunk. Mm-hmm. And so... He understands that they're going to be picking you know, mid-rounds to late rounds every single year, and they have to figure out the best people for their positions and the best people that they can get in that building, and they do an outstanding job of that.
4: Pretty amazing. So I've got Green Bay, and I, in the AFC... I'm gonna go with the Steelers. Really? I, I think the
3: Steelers are gonna make the playoffs. Randy, that's a lot of work that gotta be done early earlier in the day. I think Buffalo <laughs>
4: wins and I don't think Miami at this stage is well, good yeah. enough to beat the Jets with Skyler Thompson at quarterback.
3: You're probably right, and and I think the Steelers do have an opportunity playing against the cleveland It's the Cleveland Browns, yeah. And we, as I said earlier, you understand what the history of that that relationship is. It is big brother, little brother. It's not they're not even little brothers. They're little cousins. Like they're they're they're, they're the distant cousin that we drive a couple of hours to see, you know, beat up on, have fun, and then go back home. And that's that's who they are. So I, I expect us to. To have a good time in Pittsburgh on Sunday Sunday afternoon uh, versus the Cleveland Browns, and then you've got in the NFC your team is Seattle. Or My Detroit? team is going to be Seattle, uh, and and I, I may have the it's a homer pick, but I do agree with you if if Buffalo is is okay after you know the incident from Monday night, and if the Jets are playing. You know any in any any uh, style that they were playing midway through the season, they're going to beat up on the Miami Dolphins with, with the quarterback situation that they have, and then the pillars, the Pittsburgh Steelers, just kind of slide on into that to that seven seed, which would be miraculous. It, it's 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 unbelievable <laughs> that we're even having this conversation. Here's one thing about those
4: New England Patriots: they don't beat good teams. They 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 can beat bad teams, although they did beat Pittsburgh in the second game of the season. But otherwise they have not succeeded against good teams and when they've played bad teams they've been able to beat them. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646 that's 314-399. Yo ho. got coming your way next on 101 ESPN.
0: <laughs>
1: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn presented by dobbs tire and auto centers it's time for take it or leave it want to say something
4: I'm particularly leaving on 101 ESPN. Carrie, Randy, and Matthew with you. The text line 314 399 9646. If you want to use the letters for that, 314 399 Yoho Y-O-H-O. Carrie, former NBA star Lamar Odom revealed that he had affairs with women in every single NBA city while he was playing. That's 30 cities, plus a full-blown affair with an exotic dancer, uh, apparently very exotic, by the name of Jennifer Richardson. Uh, He also had uh, two children with uh, Lisa Morales when he fell in love with Chloe in 2009. Take it or leave it, for everything that Lamar Odom did during a very good NBA career, the affairs in 30 NBA cities is more impressive.
3: Uh, I'm going to leave it. I yeah. mean, he, he had a, a, a bunny ranch situation. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and, he uh, did. Uh, and so uh, that's 31 cities, <laughs> at least. Was a, that was a, a situation where he was, you know, uh, uh, unconscious, I guess, for, for a time period mm-hmm. and unable to respond. Uh, he's had some, some interesting situations take place in his life. He said in
4: an interview with TMZ that he doesn't recall taking cocaine that
3: night. Uh, he didn't think he used drugs. The, this I, I've never taken cocaine. Mm-hmm. I would have wondered if maybe that's one of the, the 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 thought processes when you get done taking it. I it's, don't
4: know. It's that's like the old. Uh, I never went to bed with an ugly woman.
3: Woke <laughs> she, up with hey, a few. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, ready. We were we were talking off air about just how unbelievable the Cowboys' run is and the fact that they have an opportunity if a lot of things go right, to win the division and, and potentially get the number one seed, mm-hmm. take it or leave it, this is Mike McCarthy's best coaching job of his career. I'm going to take that. They, L- losing Dak, doing the, what they did with Cooper Rush, the defense has not
4: been great mm-hmm. all year long. They've had uh, kind of a uh, different offensive line situation every week. I, I would agree with that. And by the way, I don't think, I'll do respect to C.D. Lamb, I don't think he's a number one. I don't think they have a
3: number one wide receiver. I, I agree. And I, I said that some time ago, and I think people thought I was crazy when they were talking about OBJ bringing in a number one receiver, a true guy that you know that teams have to have to key on and, and stop and make sure that they, they, they shift and tilt the coverage towards him because CeeDee Lamb, as great as he is, I don't know that he's a number one receiver for, for a football franchise. I
4: just uh, – I always go back to what Jay Zygmunt said when I think about people that are complaining about Mike Tomlin or Mike McCarthy. And what Jay Zygmunt said was when people would complain about the Rams winning once they got the greatest show on turf rolling, he said, Randy, it's hard to win a game, let alone a Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl. It is hard to win a game in the NFL. And I don't think we appreciate that as fans as much as you do because you won a lot of games. and You know how hard it
3: is. It is extremely hard to win, Randy. It, it, there are some games that you have to fight, scratch and claw to get that W, and it is it is a difficult difficult thing. We did say that this was his best coaching performance. Mm-hmm. He he has a Super Bowl. I don't know if that if that counts. But you know what? He had Rodgers at his peak, at his peak, at his in his prime, and he had uh, that was just a really good,
4: really good team. Yeah, I, I don't think this team is as talented as the that one. Super. And this is by the way a pretty talented team. But man, they the, the Packers that year were loaded. Yeah.
5: And it's funny you it because one of the first teles t- we got was for also a Super Bowl winning coach. Is this, t- take it or leave it? This is Mike Tomlin's best coaching job ever. It's possible. I mean, it, you think about all
3: of the. I'm gonna have to. Because <sighs> again, he's got a, he's got the Super Bowl. If they make it to the playoffs, I'll take it. If they fall short, even if they have a winning record, I'll leave it. I know that's tough to say, but I, I the fact that they and I know that's not dependent upon, you know them whether or not they make it to the playoffs even if they win they could still be out but just to make it to the playoffs just to say you you were in the tournament in a season where you had you know a rookie quarterback that Missed some games. You had Mitchell Trubisky starting games. You you traded away one of your, your top receivers. It's been a lot. Your defensive MVP was out for multiple games. There have been a lot of things that this this Pittsburgh team has, has dealt with and gone through this season, and they're still right there with an opportunity. That to me is amazing.
4: That is amazing. However, 2019, they went eight and eight with Mason Rudolph going five ah. and three in his eight starts, and Duck Hodges going three and three in his six starts.
3: That's pretty good. <laughs> pretty amazing. <laughs> Duck pretty Hodges. Yeah. Oh.
5: oh, we love you, Duck. Take it or leave it. Mizzou beats Arkansas by 10 plus points. Take it. Yeah. Mizzou's just rolling now. Oh, wow. Well. Remember, Kerry, every Mizzou win looks better for you.
3: <laughs> that doesn't, that, that, that doesn't <laughs> make me feel that better. Way. That doesn't make me feel better. Every, every Mizzou win to, looks better. They're playing at Arkansas, correct? Yes. I'm going to leave it. got to leave All right, it. Back. fine.
5: All right, fine. <laughs> take it or leave it. Stuffed crust pizza should be more of a thing. Yeah, I'll I'm gonna take, take that. I like stuffed crust yeah. pizza. It's My problem good. is that it's 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 overly stuffed. Is there like a, you is there stu- a ratio that you yeah, appreciate? You get a stuffed <laughs> crust pizza and it's like it's way too much cheese. Inside the stuffed
3: crust, you well, mean, it's like the pizza hut stuffed crust. I think is perfect. You eat the pizza and then the it's like. Okay, it. I don't, I don't have. A, I don't. I'm not
5: confused about the order.
3: Oh, <laughs> well, I'm wondering. I didn't know. You there know, there were, are some people Papa that John's?
5: eat the crust. They eat the crust well, first. There was, was there was one of the pizzas things that was like the one of their marketing yeah. campaigns that you're supposed eat to the eat the crust yeah, first, yeah. and then you eat the rest yeah. of the pizza. But no, I just make sure. The direction I eat a pizza triangle pizza is not my issue, Carrie. I've been doing that for years. Trust me, it's.
3: <laughs>
5: I'm well practiced. You and me, and I'm you well and me practiced both, brother. That I, I,
3: I understand.
5: Take it or leave it. Georgia wins the national title by 20 or more points. Ooh,
3: I'm gonna leave. That. I'm gonna leave it too. I. I, I don't think that TCU wins, but I do. After watching them against Kansas State, and mm-hmm. after watching them that which was a, a really good game, even though they lost the game, and watching them against Michigan. I think this team is better than than people would think that they are. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that they win the game, but I don't think it's gonna be a blowout. And it, it, it's I know thirteen points is the uh is the point spread right mm-hmm. now. I think it's closer than that.
4: I thought when Mizzou played K State and when Mizzou played Georgia, that K State was more physical than Georgia was. Yeah. And I think TCU is more physical than K State yeah, is. Yeah. So I I. I think because it's the Big 12 and we've had all these years of Oklahoma getting blown out in the CFP that we don't have as much respect for this team because they're from the Big 12, we better respect them because they're they're something.
3: They buckled down and and played in the trenches with with Michigan, which is a game that I did not expect them to to be able to play.
5: Teams that learn their lessons during the season – Win football games. What they, they adapted from what happened against Kansas State mm-hmm. and helped them win the semifinal game. That's good coaching. When you can yeah. sit back and take those three weeks and actually get better, That's why I always thought Nick Saban was untouchable. Because if you gave him that month to game plan for that one team, there was there was no question what was going to eventually happen.
4: By the way, I wonder what happened with Sonny Dykes at Cal. Because Cal. Cal, he said his name didn't fit. He's it a, it, it doesn't. doesn't fit it Texas. doesn't. But it's not like Cal can't get guys into school, right? They can get guys into school.
5: Yeah. I think they have some trouble. You, you, I, I, I think I, it's they have Stanford levels, but it, I do think they have some trouble yes. doing it. Is I, Marshawn Lynch smarter than I think he is? He might be. It's
3: possible. Okay. It's, it's, it's possible. Okay. I think, I, actually, I think it is very possible. Marshawn is a very – he seems like a very intelligent guy but knows how yeah. to be him and yeah, people just kind of attach to him because of who he is. I
4: think, though – we probably earlier in the season, we figured it out. There's no way a guy named Sonny Dykes can win in yeah, California. He can win in Texas, he but can not win, in California.
3: But I think also you have you have SC, you have UCLA, you have Stanford. You got all these schools that are, are in that conference, in that state. Mm-hmm. Uh, you going to pick Cal over. If you have those three in front of you, when, when Stanford was – stanford when they were you know david yeah, shaw they, had they were had it going would you pick cal over any, any of those three no
4: you'd take stanford you're right
3: you'd take any one of those yeah three. and ucla has the best campus i've ever seen in
4: my yeah,
5: life pretty good
3: yeah i bet you need to help me with this one uh take it or leave it 85 days to the biggest
5: holiday in st louis are you ready i googled 85 days from today <laughs> and it is
3: march 30th that would be opening day of the baseball season sir Oh! I thought it was March 27th, which is my birthday, which is a holiday. Yes, that's, so the biggest, yeah, that's, 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 that's the biggest. Yeah, that's the biggest holiday.
5: 85. I mean, wow! that's I, For some reason, I thought we were still in the 90s. It's 85 no, days from winning the 2023. Okay, yeah, 23. I, I, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I meant- <laughs> thank you.
4: Thank, thank you, Matthew. <laughs>
5: coming up next on 101
4: ESPN. (laughs) Do you feel better, or do we feel better, about the Cardinals heading into spring training than we felt about them the day they played the Phillies in their second game last year? That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
0: A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's
1: fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
4: As was mentioned in our last segment, we are 85 days away from opening day. And I think we can pretty safely assume that the Cardinals aren't going to make any other impact moves for the 2023 Cardinals. So, Kerry, when you look at what the Cardinals have heading into 2023, and that would include Juan Yepes and Nolan Gorman vying for DH at-bats just as they did at the start of last spring training. When you look at the fact that they have Wilson Contreras behind the plate rather than Yadier Molina, whom they had last year for the playoffs against Philadelphia. The only reason that I feel better about the Cardinals heading into this season than I did heading into the playoffs last year is because I believe Jack Flaherty is going to be healthy and have a good year. I don't believe that they're substantially better now with the departures of Molina, Corey Dickerson, and especially Albert Pujols. Now, it's possible that Yepes and Gorman can perform at a high level, but especially when you lose the production of Albert, it's going to be very difficult for those young players to to match it. I, I think it's possible, but I don't see this team offensively being as good as the team that tied for third last year really? in runs per game. I don't think the offense is as good, but I think the pitching has a chance to be better.
3: So you lose a bat in Albert, but you bring a bat in in, in Wilson Contreras. Mm-hmm. Do you expect him to have more success than Albert did last year? What did Albert have? 25? 24, 24 I 25 home runs? Yeah, runs.
4: I, I just, I don't see Contreras being that good of an offensive player. Albert okay. was
3: he was spectacular. I he mean, was there, were, there, was, there were times where and he was one of the hottest hitters. I think we in said Aaron half. Judge was the only player that was hotter than him during during the second half of right. baseball. Um, I think you get, obviously, you got uh, Arenado and Arenado, Arenado, and you got um, Goldie back, those two MVP candidates, mm-hmm. MVP winner in third and third in MVP voting. Um, those two guys are going to have spectacular seasons again. You add Wilson Contreras. The, the, the question, I, I believe, as you said, is D.H., um, is that Nolan Gorman? Do you think that him getting three, four hundred at bats is is enough for him to to make his impact on this on this team and at the plate and be one of the guys you can count on? It's going to be one of those guys. And, and Tyler O'Neill, a healthy Tyler O'Neill, I, I I I think Randy, this team has a potential to be better offensively than they were last year because you're going to be hopefully healthier than you were last year and you added some pieces um, and you and you added some some. A year of, of knowledge and, and you know in depth of, of of understanding what the the game is. So um, I think they'll be better offensively because of that. The operative word you used there was hopefully, right? Because hopefully. we don't know. <laughs> no, we we don't.
4: If O'Neill is healthy, if Carlson is healthy, and you add Newt Bar to the mix, and and if Lars does again in twenty twenty three or more than what he did last year, then all of a sudden, rather than your outfield being a negative it's a real positive positive. Yes. and last year i think we can all agree that ultimately offensively when you're
3: when your outfielders are hitting below fifth in the lineup that's yes. not a really very you, good thing you were relying on the, on two guys last yeah. year to to get on base yeah. bring runs in if, if they were if there were people on and so i think this year you're going to have like i said hopefully have mm-hmm. more people that are able to get on maybe able to make make better hits in better situations the other
4: real question I have, and I, I feel bad that it is a question, but what happens after a year in baseball is a lot of guys get exposed. Yeah. And I'm hoping that Brendan Donovan doesn't get exposed after having the year that he had. Teams will spend the offseason figuring out ways to attack Brendan Donovan. He had a three ninety four on base. He was great. He was top three in rookie of the year voting, and he's, his defense is going to play. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know, nobody does, if he's going to be a guy that gets exposed and all of a sudden that 394 uh, on base turns into a 330 or if he winds up being the same guy. If he winds up being the same guy, then the Cardinals have somebody at the top of the lineup. If you could hit him first, Edmund second, there's a lot of things you can do with the number two hole. And a lot of this is dependent upon Dylan Carlson. But then you know Goldie's going to be third. You know that Arnado's going to be fourth. You know Contreras is going to be fifth. If... Brendan Donovan is a legit leadoff hitter. Then all of a sudden your top five looks really good.
3: Are you, are you, do you ever see a situation where you move one of those guys, one of those big guys up to the number two slot? Yes. And, and, and have them, you know, you have Brendan Donovan or or Edmund as your leadoff hitter and then maybe a Goldie at the, at the number two spot? I, I, I like the way they do it. I know baseball likes to hit hitters.
4: In the number 2 hole, your best hitter theoretically to get him as many at-bats as possible. Mm-hmm. But I like to have those guys available to clear the table after after my
3: guys set the table. Well, they got to get on base. That's the and, thing. And that's that's the thing. If they're not getting on base, which I think what we saw pretty much all of September, where there was some struggles offensively because we weren't getting guys on, and, and then your big guys weren't able to get hits either. So um, it, it, it's... It's everybody, Randy. Mm-hmm. Everybody involved yep. has to do their part. And you know, if, if Tyler O'Neill is healthy, we've talked about what what we think his ceiling is in terms of of how good of, of a baseball player he can be. Um, we we haven't even talked about Jordan Walker because we don't right. know if he's going to be here or not. We're, we're all patiently waiting to figure out you know what this young kid is going to be and what he's able to do in a Cardinal uniform. I, I'm, I like I said, I'm excited about what they've done. I think just. Obviously, losing Albert is a is a is a you know That's a hole that's going to be hard to fill. Not only because of his production, but because of who he is. You you'll never feel that void because of what he was in a cardinal in a cardinal uniform. But you got guys that are younger, who are you know more developed in in, in having a year under their belt. So I'm I'm excited yeah. to see what they'll be. I, I Lars Newtbar, Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill those if those three are your outfielders those three have to play ball they have to come to play every single day and and they have to you know they, they the fielding is is expected we need that we need them to have a bat. we need to have them have them have a bat when they step into the batters box
4: and I didn't mention Lars by the way as a potential number two hitter that's a guy that had a 340 on base last year before he got hurt Carlson was a 340 on base guy. If you, and maybe you want Carlson to hit sixth, you could do that and then have Newt Bar up in the number two hole. He can run, he plays with a little bit more energy. Newt Bar would not be a bad number two either. If you have, although I, I don't like having the back to back lefty hitters because you get laid into a game, especially with the, the three pitch, yeah. three hitter minimum. Yeah. I don't want somebody to bring in a lefty to face both. Uh, Brendan Donovan Donovan and and Newbar back-to-back. So I I prefer to have those guys separated. I like having the switch hitter in the number 2 hole. Which one of these young guys
3: do you think has the breakout year?
4: I really think it's Carlson. Do you think so? Yep, I think a healthy okay. Dylan Carlson has a chance to be a really good player. I think he's an 820 OPS guy. I really do. If he,
3: if he has like – Randy, you, you've you talked about him enough where I, he's like for, – for you, he's your you're Callie Rosen. Like how yeah, I feel yeah. about uh, Callie yeah. is how you yep. feel about Dylan Carlson. And, and he's the guy that you have been saying for the longest time, if healthy and if he's able to get the opportunities, he's going to be a special player.
4: And I also think, by the way, that if he – is healthy. He was playing gold glove quality defense last mm-hmm. year when, when uh, Harrison Bader was out. So I, I think he can do that too. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. That's today's fresh take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk some Blues. Five four overtime victory over Toronto last night. Uh, a shootout over Toronto for the Blues. And uh, Bernie Federico join us next to talk about it here on 101 ESPN.
1: <laughs> to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We are talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues Booth. Presented by
0: Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at boardwalkhardwood.com.
4: Champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. Good to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. We go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line, and it was a busy night for Bernie Federico last night as the Blues came away with a five, uh, 6 5 shootout win over Toronto at the Social Bank Center. Bernie Federico, good morning. How are you doing?
7: Good morning, Randy. I'm doing great, thanks.
4: That was a it might not have been the, the classic Craig Brubie style game, but it was a fun <laughs> game,
7: wasn't it? It really was. I mean, for whatever reason, the Blues really have got uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs number, especially in that building, and and no matter what happens, and you know, with a a kind of a beat-up lineup last night, they were able to score a bunch of goals, and and it was a really, really fun game to watch.
3: Hey, Bernie, we were talking about this earlier, and as a coach, you you give up five goals, but you get the win. Uh, Are you happy about that, or are you a little bit frustrated knowing that that's not really sustainable?
7: Well you' always happy when you win games you know there's the, that's that's the number one uh, thing that you always are trying to do but uh, I'm sure that he's not really pleased by the way the way the victory went but uh, at, at the end of the night uh to think that you can score six goals on on a team that you're not supposed to be scoring that many against i guess that that's kind of what makes you feel a little better but i'm I'm sure that he's gonna try to make sure that they tighten up a little bit uh, going into tomorrow's game in New Jersey Bernie one guy who has
4: the ability to step up for the Blues and sometimes he just doesn't get the minutes when uh, when Ryan O'Reilly and Robert Thomas are healthy is Braden Chen I thought he had another terrific game last night
7: he really did I mean uh, he plays the same way all the time Randy I mean he's one of those guys that you know what you're going to get out of him each and every night uh, he finishes his checks uh uh, he's full of energy all the time, and and uh, you know what? Uh, he likes to score goals like everybody else. And sometimes the puck's not going in. And I, I know over the course of the last what three or four games, he's had a ton of shots. Uh, the puck's not gone in. But last night, right place, at the right time, hits the skate, goes in. So it kind of all evens out uh, in in the course of the year. If you if you do the right things and you play the right way, uh, good things do happen. But he was, uh, you know, he's always been an integral part of this hockey club, even if he's not scoring because he does so many other. Uh, things really well it sticks up for guys and does does those little other things but it was good to see him get uh, involved in the part of the offense last night and then especially get the big goal uh, in the shootout to win it all
3: hey Bernie when I watch football games sometimes I see a running back do something and I kind of like it, it just kind of it gets me excited out of my seat uh, do you get that way when you see certain goal scorers because I think that the move by Pavo Bucinevic to score in the shootout was absolutely amazing does that get you excited when you see things like that yeah, it does. I mean,
7: I, I really. I mean, uh, I was one of the players that was, was you know, one of the skilled guys. So I love watching skill, and I think when guys uh, play the right way and and they use their skills. And and man, we've been talking about Pavel Buchdavich all season long. I mean, since he's come over from the Rangers, uh, here's a guy that that really has all the tools. I mean, he shoots the puck very well. Uh, he's a great passer. So he's got awareness out there. His hockey sense is, is fabulous. And and uh, you know, to see him. Um, just continuing to get better and better. I mean, here's a guy that's a, at least a in game player. And, and I mean, he's still early in his career. And I think he's going to get more and more confidence as he comes. I mean, didn't did get a chance to play as, as much as he maybe should have when he was with the Rangers, but now he's getting much more ice time. And and he's hey, he's on the top line. I mean, when you're playing with uh, both uh, Kyru and Thomas, you're going to get a lot of ice time. And, and that's the, the, really the line right now, Kerry, that the Blues are going to have to rely on. That's, that's the offense for this hockey club. And, Uh, They're going to get checked a lot, but uh, I think uh, as they did last night, they're going to have to score in the power play because that's where you get the extra man, and I think that's where you can do a lot of your damage.
4: So, Bernie, you just touched on a couple of things, but for this specific group of players without 90 and 91, what do the Blues have to do to be able just to keep their head above water?
7: Well, they're going to have to play much better defensively than they did last night. I mean, obviously, you're not going to score six goals each and every night, but Uh, As I just said, you're going to really rely on that one line uh, to get most of your offense. And then I think special teams is going to be really a big part of it. I mean, uh, you know, they scored two goals in the power play last night. They get a shorthanded goal. Uh, I mean, that's only the second shorthanded goal that Toronto's given up all season long, and they're using five forwards on on their power play. So, uh, you know, those are little things that are not going to happen that often. But, but yeah, I think that the special teams, especially the power play, is going to be very, very important, especially the rest of this trip. You know, you get three more games on the road before they come home. Uh, when you're at home, I think things get a little bit easier, uh, although they've not played that well at home. But, but I think the key is really they got to tighten up defensively. They, I mean, no matter what happened last night, I mean, Jordan Bennington uh, was really a big factor in that game, uh, even though he let in five goals. I mean, he, he he was a difference maker in, in a bunch of the saves that he made, and there was too many really good high-quality opportunities that are happening in the slot uh, that, that they've got to stop. They've got to put an end to those.
3: Hey, we were listening to a cut from Barubi earlier, and he was talking about the special things, how pleased he was, getting two goals on the power play, getting a shorthanded goal. Um, what are your thoughts on the five-on-five play, though? Because that seems to be where, you know, the Blues are allowing a lot of goals to, to happen. What do they need to do to prevent that when they're five-on-five?
7: Well, Terry, I wish I could answer that. But they're just, <laughs> you know what? I really do. I mean, they are just way too porous, especially in their own zone. I mean, defensively, I mean, uh, what last night I think there was like what a dozen takeaways that Toronto had. Uh, during that game, uh, and I don't know what what's going on. Uh, I mean, they're trying to uh, have a new system in place uh, defensively in, in the defensive zone. They're not doing a man on man. They're doing something a little bit different. So maybe they're still learning what they're supposed to do. But uh, I mean, it just seems that the pressure in the in the defensive zone seems to be so great each and every night. It seems that uh, where the teams are able to keep the puck in the in the blue zone for you know a minute at a time, and, and those are things that uh, that they've got to work out. Uh, they've got to do a, a lot of the little things better, but certainly I think they've got to be uh, have much more of a presence, you know, on their own boards in their own zone. That they've got to win the battles, the one-on-one battles in the defensive zone. And I think those are things that I'm, I know that they've been working on in practice. But uh, they've just got to get better. They've got to clean up their own end, and I think that's the, the biggest factor. Bernie, what do you think
4: of the current state of NHL officiating?
7: Uh, well, you know what Randy, I, I've always said it', it's, it it's, it's a good thing that there's now four officials. I mean there used to only be three when I was playing. I mean they, you did do need the extra uh, uh, referee out there because things are happening so quick. I mean we all, uh, you know, I think we're all very fortunate because we get to watch it on TV where we actually see a replay and we can kind of make judgment based on 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 what we're seeing even on the replay but uh, it's very dead. We're, we're watching it from from above. Uh, not where they're on the ice, where they're, where things are moving so fast. So uh, it's it's a very 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 difficult uh, job to be out there and and, and make the right plays or, or make the right calls at the right time. But um, I think for 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 the most part they they do a pretty good job. But I think a lot of times though uh, there's a lot of acting. I think like in soccer where <laughs> guys mm-hmm. where guys are are falling down when they're not supposed to be. There's supposed to be these embellishment penalties that they're they're not there. But um, you know, you have to give the referees the benefit of the doubt each and every night. But I, I wish uh, I like the referees that kind of keep the whistle out of their mouth a lot more. You know, let the guys play. Let let this game decide five on five, as opposed to you know giving penalties and then actually have make, making an even up call because you maybe made a bad call uh, from from the time before. So uh, it is very difficult. But uh, I think they do for for the most part a pretty good job. But uh, I think there's nights we all. Got to just, uh, you know, put our hands in the air and go, why are you calling that? I mean, just leave it alone, and let him play.
4: Bernie, the reason I ask that is because I would, I'm sure, if Michael Bunting played for the Blues, I'd love him. I'd love having him on my team. <laughs> but that's a guy that's figured out the art of drawing penalties even when the other guy isn't committing a penalty.
7: Well, yeah, he's a little guy and he's, you know, he's involved in the play. So, I mean, that was a, a you know, he, he did a pretty good job with that last night because, uh, but we so we see that all the time. I mean, um, you know, you could probably dissect each and every penalty that you see in a game. And, and probably I'm going to say 50% of them really are not penalties. I mean, the ones where, I mean, you get your your stick up and just hit the guy's hand and they call that a, a hook down. I mean, you're really not doing anything. Um, you know, they're, they're just, uh, it, it. sometimes it baffles me, but uh, the referees are, are, you know, under strict orders to call certain things the way they are. And uh, if there's any contact with the head, if there's any contact to the helmet with the stick, uh, they've got to call it. So yeah, I mean, guys are are good at, at at embellishing or or faking it, whatever you want to call it. And and you know, is one of the best in the business. What uh, they said last night, what he what he's got more penalties called against him than anybody else in the league so uh when he's on the ice i guess the referees are looking for but it makes no sense to me either
3: hey bernie i wanted to ask you about the injuries to tarasenko and o'reilly uh o'reilly with the foot uh tarasenko with the hand how difficult is it when you have an injury like that to your to your wrist wrist hand area to to shoot a puck and then with your foot to be able to start skating and and have that feeling again
7: (sighs) Well, you know what? With Terasenko, I think it's going to be much easier because, I mean, he'll be able to keep uh, skating and, and, you know, riding the bike and all the kinds of things to keep staying in shape. And you know, once the hand starts healing, once it he starts feeling better where he can handle the, you know, put this glove on and, and doesn't have pain, then, then he should be good to go. Uh, I think with O'Reilly, it's a little bit different. Although, um, you know, with the, I mean, uh, you've probably been on that same carrier. where there's that machine that's almost like a bike that you use mm-hmm. to with your arms and yep. stuff. So I mean, he's gonna be able to keep uh you know, his uh, his you know, somewhat of his conditioning up. But I mean I think it's hard when you are not skating when you're you, you can't put your foot put your boot on. In fact if you got a boot on you can't even walk for the most part. It makes it a little more difficult. But I mean O'Reilly's one of those guys that's in such great shape all the time that he'll find a way to stay in shape or get back in the shape really quickly. So I think those are, uh, you know, two factors. I mean, with with uh, O'Reilly, he's one of those guys that they, he, he can hardly wait to get back. And Teresick will be fine once he once the hand just starts uh, feeling better. So I think that, you know, if, if it's four weeks and six weeks, maybe that's what it's got to be. But uh, they'll be ready to play when 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 things are, are, are ready for them.
4: Hall of Famer Bernie Federico, thanks so much for the time. We always enjoy talking to you. Have a great 2023. And we'll be tuned in tomorrow night for the Blues at the Devils. Thank you, gentlemen. You guys have a happy new year as well. Thanks. Take care. That is Bernie Federico on 101 ESPN. Coming up next with Kerry, Randy, and Matthew, we need a fighter to the text line, 314-399-9646. Just use that number to text in the word fight, 314-399-9646. That's our new text line number. We have the fight coming your way next on 101 ESPN back to the
0: Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented
1: by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight
0: in the red corner, Average Joe Listener.
3: Welcome back to the Opening Drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Cody. Cody, how are you doing this morning? I am doing great. How are you guys? We're doing wonderful. Are you are you ready for the fight? You're our second contestant of the new year. Yes, I I think so. You ready? All right. Well, we're we're expecting big things out of you, Cody, because you know Randy's Randy. You don't want him to go on this winning streak to start the year off, right? He he will have uh, uh, Cody, an amount of confidence built up that you know it's going to be tough to beat him later on. My first calendar
5: year here is coming to a close, Cody, and I, I have no one has gotten through to the Hall of Fame. Since I got here, and I want to change that. I want to. I want to give somebody something signed from Randy. I want to have him sit there in 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 just ignominious defeat. So come on, Cody, Don't bring, bring it.
3: your hopes up. Oh, Cody. All right, here we go. You ready? Yep. All right, here we go. Prior to his quarter-century run with the Dolphins, all-time wins leader Don Shula won three Coach of the Year awards and an NFL championship with which franchise: the Cleveland Browns, the Boston Patriots, or the Baltimore Colts?
2: I'll go with uh, the Browns, the Patriots, or the Colts. Um, Let's go with the Colts.
5: Who was the first player to be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame as a Cardinal? Was that Branch Rickey, Jesse Haynes, or Rogers Hornsby? I'll go with Rogers Hornsby.
3: All right, Cody, on this day in NFL history... Bill Belichick left his job as the new head coach of which franchise before turning around and immediately taking up his post as the head coach of the Patriots? Is it the New York Giants, the Cleveland Browns, or the New York Jets?
2: Oh, three good options. Um, I believe it was the Jets. I'll go with the Jets.
5: All right, and last night, Austin Matthews became the fourth youngest active player to score his 500th goal. Who is the youngest active player to ever reach that mark? Is it Sidney Crosby, Alexander Ovechkin, or Connor McDavid?
2: Uh, 500 goals, you said? Yes, sir. I think that's got to be Ovechkin.
3: You get we're checking the scores right my now. Polo-
5: my apologies. My apologies. Let me let me let me read that question again okay. for you because I I I noticed something and I was like, wait a second. I wrote that question uh in I wrote it down wrong on the paper when I was transferring it last night. Let me tra- do it again for you, Cody. Last night, Austin okay. Matthews became the fourth active player to re- to score his 500th point. His 500th point. My apologies. His 500th point. Who is okay. the youngest active player to reach that mark? So 500 points. Is it Sidney Crosby, Alexander Ovechkin, or Connor McDavid? <laughs>
2: Uh I'd, I would find it hard to believe anybody. I'm gonna go with Connor McDavid.
3: All right, we're checking our scores. Double checking. Sorry it. about
5: that, Cody. Just double checking our we scores. Good. We're gonna go get Randy Carroll.
3: Don't worry. Cody, how do you feel? Not great. Not great. Are you? Are you? Are you upset about the final question? <laughs> did no, that, did no that, you, that's all right. <laughs> that's okay. All right, we just checked. I don't did know, you know gotta... if that's going to be the determiner, anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. It, it's okay. It's all good. We got it figured out, and we got it corrected before uh, MegaMind stepped into the studio. And now, uh, Mr. Randy character say hello to Cody. Cody, good morning. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Randy? Wonderful. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Happy New Year. You too. Thank you. All right, Randy, here we go. Okay. Prior to his quarter century run with the Dolphins, all time wins leader Don Shula won three Coach of the Year awards and an NFL championship with which franchise?
4: You know, he never recovered from losing to the New York Jets in Super Bowl three. It was Don Shula with the Baltimore Colts. He was pretty good. He was I think he uh I think he was thirty three when he got the gig. Wow. At that time it was
5: coaches were old. Really yeah. That you, you kinda have to start at thirty three when you have a quarter century run with a second yeah, right. team. Yeah, right. Uh who was the first player to be inducted into the baseball hall of fame as a cardinal?
4: First player to be inducted into the Hall of Fame as a cardinal. Um
3: I want to go Hornsby here. I think that's right. Final answer. Final answer. All right, Randy, here we go. On the on this day in NFL history, Bill Belichick left his job as the head, as the new head coach of which franchise before turning around and immediately taking up his post as the head coach of the Patriots?
4: Well, he left the Jets and he resigned on a napkin. <laughs> that said, I resign as HC of the NYJ. You can find the Pictures on the internet of the of his resignation letter on a napkin. So he resigned as head coach of the New York Jets. The reason I'm thinking of this is because we were at the Super Bowl when the Patriots hired him. And I thought we, I, I thought it was later actually than this. It was on this date that he resigned,
5: January fourth, two thousand.
4: Because I thought we were down in uh, in Atlanta for the Super Bowl, because. Mike Martz would have had that job. The reason that the Rams gave Mike Martz the guarantee that he would succeed Dick Vermeil as head coach of the Rams was because he was about to be offered the head coaching job with New England. Wow. And then when the Martz thing happened, then uh, they decided that uh, they would go back to Belichick, who they knew, who Bob Kraft knew from his days as defensive coordinator for the Patriots.
5: So your final answer was? It was the New York Jets. I resign
4: as HC of NYJ. All
5: right, and last night, Austin Matthews became the fourth youngest active player to reach his 500th point. Who is the youngest active to ever Who is the youngest player to ever reach that mark currently active?
4: It almost has to be McDavid. Uh, You've got Crosby out there, but I don't think that he did it that quickly. Um... So he's number 4. Uh, Matthews Austin Matthews is, yes. is number 4. Uh, I maybe OV was there but I don't think he had that many that quick. I'll go with McDavid just in the interest of saving time. <laughs>
5: Alright, well it does not save us any time uh, Because we have to go to a tiebreaker Because <laughs> you both got three questions correct And you got both got the fourth question incorrect So let's just skip the the uh, the part on that one And just go right into our tiebreaker Which happens to be another hockey question Let's go through the rules really quickly so Cody understands We're going to list off We're going to read our tiebreaker question Which is of cl- course closest to the pin We're going to give Randy Carricker a moment to write down his answer At that point we'll then allow Cody to verbally give us his answer We will then give Randy Carricker's answer And announce who is the winner Winner of this fight. Cody, do you understand those rules? Yeah. All right, Rady care do you have your pen and pad ready to go? I'm ready. All right, so both Bobby and Brett Hall topped 1,100 career points, with Brett Hall topping his father's total by over 200. How many total more points did Brett score than Bobby Hall in their careers? Give you a little bit of a trick to help you out on the guess. Randy character, write down your guess here. How many more points did Bobby have than Brett Hall?
4: Did Bobby have than Brett?
5: Yes. I'm sorry. Did Brett have than Bobby? Excuse me. How many more points did Brett have than Bobby?
4: Um, okay, here. Let me just think about this for a second. So, and then uh, six. I gotta f- add something. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm gonna have to do math again about to get my calculator yeah.
4: ready. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna say.
5: All right, Randy Carricker okay. has his guess. Cody, what is your guess, sir? Uh
2: 250.
5: Alright, we have a winner of this fight. It went to another tiebreaker. That's four tiebreakers out of the last out of the last six fights. Absolutely incredible run after no tiebreakers for over a month. Did Randy Carricker win in another tiebreaker or did the extra question give Cody what he needed to take over the belt in this fight? Ring that bell.
1: The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is driven by mobile on the run. Join the on the run STL Wash Club for a limited time offer of $5 a month. Download the app today.
5: Just win, baby. And that was a tough one, Cody. I'm so sorry, Randy. Just got you on the tiebreaker a little bit closer. The answer to the tiebreaker, by the way, uh, Bobby over Brett Hall, or Brett over Bobby Hall, excuse me, 221, the guess from... Cody was 250. Randy Carricker put up 239. So just 18 over for Randy Carricker for the win in that tiebreaker. Let's go through all the questions here. Prior to his quarter-century run with the Dolphins, all-time wins leader Don Shula won three Coach of the Year awards in an NFL championship with the Baltimore Colts. Uh, do you know who he coached before he coached for the Baltimore Colts, Randy Carricker? As an assistant? As an assistant, yes. I believe it
4: was with the Cleveland Browns.
5: The Detroit Lions. Oh, the Lions. Defensive okay. back and then defensive coordinator. Who was the first player to be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame as a Cardinal? It was Rogers Hornsby. There was five or six Hall of Famers before that who had played a year or two for the Cardinals but did not officially go in as a Cardinal. On this day in NFL history, January fourth, 2000, Bill Belichick left his job as the new head coach of the New York Jets before turning around and signing up with the Patriots. And the reason why I was laughing is because, Randy character you got the exact... Verbiage, syntax of the note correctly in that he didn't write out head coach and he didn't write out New York Jets. It was, <laughs> I resign as HC of NYJ. And the fact that you got the HC of NYJ shocked the hell it's out of a <laughs> That out of, out, of, out of all the things you remembered is that he didn't write out the words head coach or any part of New York Jets. It was shortened completely because that's how he rolls. Last night, Austin Matthews became the fourth ac- fourth youngest active player to reach his 500th point mark. The youngest active player to ever do it was C Sidney Crosby, mm. Connor McDavid actually tied him in games played. It took to get there with 369, but Crosby coming in a few years younger was uh, about a year and a half younger than Connor McDavid when he did it. And then of course our tiebreaker, which Randy won. So thank you so much, Cody. It was a, it was a close one. You got three right, and you took Randy to the tiebreaker. But unfortunately, MegaMind does MegaMind things. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you so much for joining the fight.
4: Thanks, guys. job, Cody. Cody, good to have you with us here on 101 ESPN. Next up, uh, and by the way, I want to point out that uh, you can still get tickets for the Baseball Writers Dinner on January 15th. It's going to be at the MAC this year. All you need to do is go to Twitter, St. Louis BBWAA, or I just retweeted the link. If you'd like to go to the writers' dinner, and they're going to honor all the big people from the 2022 season, uh, we hope that you can make it out there. Just go to St. Louis BBWAA on Twitter, or just go to my page, and I just retweeted it, and you can get tickets, just a few tickets left, for January 15th over at the MAC. That is a Sunday night. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, Jim Harbaugh reportedly has spoken to the Carolina Panthers already about their head coaching job. If he would leave, what would be the best spot for him to go? That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: There are three NFL head coaching openings at the moment. The Carolina Panthers, of course, fired Matt Rule. The Indianapolis Colts ostensibly is open. They, hired, they fired Frank Reich, but Jeff Saturday seems to have the inside track. And of course, Nathaniel Hackett being fired by the Denver Broncos, who apparently, by all accounts, are very interested in Jim Harbaugh. Along with the Broncos, reports came out yesterday that the Carolina Panthers have already talked to Harbaugh about their job. Jim Harbaugh has an excellent record in the NFL Three NFC Championship games his last year in San Francisco They went 8-8 eight eight before he and they parted And he wound up at the University of Michigan Kerry, when you look at right now what the NFL is And we'll also throw some possibilities out there That at the moment aren't open, but we think might be open Do you think there's a spot that is a perfect fit for Jim Harbaugh?
3: Well, I think if you if you think about what he does, he, he likes to run the football. Correct. He, mm-hmm. He's a guy at Stanford, even at at San Francisco, they ran the ball. Frank Gore. You had the the run read option with with Colin Kaepernick. They had they that was their identity. And so when you're looking at this team, you I mean, looking at Jim Harbaugh as a coach, you're looking at a team maybe maybe the Indianapolis Colts with a healthy Jonathan Taylor, the way that he was able to run the ball run the ball last year. Not so much this season. He's been injured the last few weeks. But then you also look at the Carolina Panthers who are running the football down people's throats and, and really making forcing people to break uh, during games. Those are two places that if I'm Jim Harbaugh that are open and are available at this moment, that I look and say, OK, that's something I can build around. But then you have to look at the quarterback situation. What is the quarterback situation in both of those organizations? It is it is atrocious, especially mm-hmm. in, in Indianapolis because you have no clue who is going to be, who's going to even be on the roster next year. Is Matt Ryan old enough to where they have to keep him on the roster because he hasn't played well. Nick Foles hasn't played well for them either. And then you look at the the Carolina Panthers. They've had three quarterbacks start this season. Normally, you say if you got two quarterbacks, you ain't got none. Mm-hmm. Well, they've had three. Yep. And so that's another situation where you look at it and say, well, the quarterback situation in either one of those organizations are not ideal. The other position that you talked about that is open is the Denver Broncos. They have everything you need, a top-tier defense. They run the ball well. When Javante Williams is coming back Mm -hmm. off of the ACL injury for next year, they'll be a a, a team that can run the ball well. They got rid of Melvin Gordon because he couldn't hold on to the ball, but they have a team that can run the football. But that situation is a quarterback away still, and that quarterback ain't going nowhere because he's owed way too much money. So you're looking at three potential situations if you're Jim Harbaugh you know you want to run the ball you know you want to play defense but you have to have a quarterback that you can trust in situations to not turn the ball over or not make those crucial mistakes and as I look at all three of those those teams those franchises that that are open right now I don't see one that I would be ready to leave Michigan for and and just really put myself in that position to 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 be the lead of that of that organization right now
4: I'm going to start with Denver because All of the teammates of Russell Wilson over the course of the last week, and I don't know if this was prompted by management, but for whatever reason, after Nathaniel Hackett got fired, the teammates of Russell Wilson kind of defended him. Now, do you want to walk into a situation with a 34-year-old quarterback who does... Pretty much have control because he knows he's going to be there. I would think that that would be a serious battle of wills between Harbaugh and Russell Wilson. If I were Harbaugh, that would be something that I would want to avoid. I'm with you on Carolina. There's a couple of things about Carolina that are interesting. Number one... They have an owner that wants to spend a bunch of money. He's more than willing to give you mm-hmm. a lot. He he's going to pay Matt Rule forty more million dollars. Right away. <laughs> yep. He's he's got as much money as any owner in the NFL, including Stan Kroenke. And if you are Jim Harbaugh, and you were able to go thirteen and three with Alex Smith as your quarterback, yeah. wouldn't you think that? You go get Geno Smith, go get Jimmy G, go Mm -hmm. get – and obviously that's a guy that you have to keep healthy. Maybe even you look at a guy – actually, Sam Darnold has not been horrible of late for them. Maybe you're Harbaugh and you think, because of what you say, I run the ball. I just need a manager.
3: Maybe he thinks he can get by with a manager. You you need a guy that is not going to turn the ball over because at some point you're going to have to pass the ball and you're going to have to trust that quarterback to be able to make those – Third and long uh, game time situations where he, you trust them to get the ball to where it needs to go to, uh, preferably a team a teammate in our color uniform as opposed mm-hmm. to the opposition. Yeah. Um, and and so there are some quarterbacks that are available as well. You look at a Derek Carr who is yeah. out there now. He's he's going to be available because the Raiders seemingly don't even want him to play because they don't want him to get injured so they don't have to pay him. So he's and probably going to be on the market he's in the offseason.
4: eliminated the Raiders from all the social media, so we know yeah, it's over.
3: Yeah, so it, that's the determining. Yeah. Isn't yep. that the determining factor and in life now? Yeah. When you delete someone or, or a girlfriend <laughs> or a boyfriend or a family member, you know you, you're done. It's yep. over when you delete them right. from social media.
4: Two other teams. Number one, for the same reasons that if I were Harbaugh, I would not want to go to uh, – Denver. I wouldn't want to go to Arizona either.
3: Yeah, they're, they're, and in Arizona, their quarterback is not going to be ready until late in the season, mm-hmm. if he's ready at all next season. So that's an issue. And Kirk, Cliff Kingsbury still has his job, but we think potentially that he's going to be one right. of those guys that gets fired. Ron Rivera in Washington. I think the 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 I think it's done. I think the door is closed. Mm-hmm. The fact that and and I and I really do like Riverboat Ron. I think he's a great man. I think he, I've never met him personally, but just what i've heard about him as a head coach as a, as a leader of men you watched the video he had a couple of weeks ago when he announced his guys that went mm-hmm. to the pro bowl that if that didn't make you pull at your heartstrings you you may have to talk to someone because that was actually that was an emotional uh, video and he was part of that to to get those yeah. they want to play for him right they want to play for him but you look at the fact that he didn't know that his team wasn't in the playoffs based on yeah. a loss. That's not great. And now you got the Taylor Heineke is back starting after Carson Wentz was thrusted into the lineup for those two games. That's not a position that I think would be a, a great opportunity if Ron Rivera was fired as well.
4: And if I'm Harbaugh, now Jim Harbaugh is a different animal than what Jimmy Ursay has had. But if, if I have heard through the grapevine that – Jimmy Ursay has meddled as much as he is reported to have meddled. Uh-huh. I don't want anything to do with that.
3: Yeah, even though you are a former coach, I mean, you yeah. you led that team to a a AFC championship game and and just fell short uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. That was ninety five. Yeah, ninety five against the Steelers. Um, that is a. There are some organizations that even as a head coach, you just don't want to be a part of because you understand there's a level of of amount of work that you have to do and if there is someone your boss is always meddling and and interfering with your work that you have to do it's really not your team you're just the head coach by by definition but someone else is really managing and running the thing and and that's not a position that you want to be in if i'm if i'm Jim Harbaugh and, and those are the three open positions that i have right now i would carolina might be the the spot that i would look at and think that I'm that could you. be the most successful place for me they're in a division that is not Obviously not, you know, beating up on people. They're struggling in that division. Um and, and so you have a chance to win the division and put yourself in the playoffs right away.
4: It's another thing with Denver. For as long as you're there, Mahomes and Herbert are gonna be there too. That
3: is an issue. That that is going to be a problem in that division with those two quarterbacks. Back to the Russell Wilson thing, it, it, his teammates may have come out. They are, there have been reports that they are frustrated with him on another on another note because he has an office in the building. Yeah. There are reports that he has multiple mark uh, parking spaces. I it, as a as a former player, Randy, we didn't have parking spaces in Pittsburgh. Right? We had guy you you knew, oh this guy parks here or this guy parks mm-hmm. here. But if someone came in and was in your Parking space, even though it wasn't your parking space, no one went into the office and said, "Hey, move this car. Hey, you just find another spot." Yeah, and so that's kind of weird to me that they have, that he has parking space. I know he has the office, but the report that he has multiple parking You only got one car. How many people are coming to work with you, Sierra? Uh, she's not. Is she coming to work? That's a problem. With you? That no, is a problem. In the office. Yeah. That's not a. That's not a situation. If I'm a head coach, that I would want to dive into. I got to tell you this, as somebody who
4: is just like you, I say, I don't care about parking spots. But if I come to work and somebody's in my parking spot, I go ballistic. I do. I,
3: I, I say, oh, I don't care. But then
4: my parking spot's gone and,
3: oh. <laughs> Because it, it changes your, your your day. Yeah. You're yeah. you're a routine guy. I, I know you, you, you kinda go about yeah. your I'm the same way. If routine this, yeah. this 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 and this and if one thing is off a little bit, I'm like uh, I don't right. know why you would do that. Yeah. But okay, I'll adapt. <laughs>
4: yeah, for now. But wait till I catch this person. Right. <laughs> That's Carrie. I'm Randy. And coming up next on Today's Big Thing, Blues with an impressive overtime shootout win in Toronto. Uh, how big can this be for them going forward? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back
0: to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
0: Randy and Carrie break down the biggest story of the day on the Opening Drive. It's time for Today's Big Thing.
2: You know, I thought that uh, our D was solid. Uh, Letty
4: and Falcon Parenko logged a lot of minutes, did a real good job. You know, I thought a lot of guys stepped up. I thought, uh, you know, our young guys that we called up did a good job, and they got a big goal. Jake Neighbors had some big hits and uh, was a, a nice assist on that goal with Josh Levo
2: scoring. Uh, that line was very effective, I thought.
5: That
4: is Craig Ruby after the Blue 6-5 shootout win in Toronto last night. And... Kerry, yesterday we heard Doug Armstrong talking about how the Blues aren't playing a good team game. And that's Mm -hmm. why he was reticent to bring up young players and didn't until he had to, um, until they had injuries, because it wasn't a good atmosphere for young players to get involved with. Now, after one game, you hear Craig Berube saying, we played a good team game, mentioned several young players, and maybe the fortunes of this team will turn a little bit. Now, you lose your two best players, ostensibly, your two highest paid players, but maybe their fortunes will turn a little bit and they'll become a little bit more consistent because some of that quality play that Army talked about in Springfield will seep into what the Blues are doing here in St. Louis.
3: Yeah, there was, I guess, a fear of bringing those young guys up because... They said we don't play the game the right way right now, and we don't want to ruin them, or we don't want to, you know, spoil them, or, 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 you know, get them to understand that this is not the way to play the game. And so now, you you win the game last night, but my fear and and my issue is you still gave up five goals, and I know you know a win is a win is a win. We want to win every single game, but the fact that you are struggling on the defensive end and not playing or performing to the ability that that you probably should be, I think that that. You gotta correct that, yeah. And I don't know how that that gets corrected. Um, you know, we I asked yesterday. I asked Panger who needs to step up. I asked about Thomas and Kairu obviously trying to pick up some of the slack from from uh, O'Reilly and Tarasenko being out. Well, Side and Shin seem to be playing pretty well in that line. It, it seems like they're 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 figuring some things out in, in terms of. Your goal scoring line and your guys that are just going to grunt it out and do some things that they need to do on the ice. Shin is getting a, a great number of shots on goal, and and eventually those start to go in. When you keep shooting at it, they mm-hmm. they, they eventually go in. Um, but I just think I just want to know, Randy, how this team figures out the defensive end of the game because five goals is is as many times as at his as it has happened in the last. Five to six games mm-hmm. is way too many. Let's start
4: with something simplistic, but it's foundational. Blues got clobbered in the faceoff circle last night. 62% to 38%.
3: Losing O'Reilly will do that.
4: Yeah, it will. So you don't have the puck yeah. to start, and that is going to cause you, especially against a team like Toronto, to probably give up more opportunities than you ordinarily would. Then the second thing that I would say is that he, he mentioned the top three defensemen playing pretty well. I still think and I, this is something that you've harped on all year long. You, especially against a good team like Toronto, New Jersey has good offensive players. You need to get a body on these guys in the yeah. crease yeah. because there's just way too much open space in the slot for really good players to take their shot.
3: And if you're not willing to, I mean, blocking shots is one thing. Obviously, you, you, you they do a pretty good, decent job of, of, Attempting to block shots, but if you get a body on someone, they can 't even shoot the shot if i 'm mm-hmm. not mistaken it 's hard to shoot a shot when there's a person right in your 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 shooting range so so I would like to see them do that, and i don 't know who defensively is going to make that decision to be more physical to be more aggressive we've talked in in we 've talked at nauseam about. Pareko and and his size, but that's just not his game. So, who do you expect that to get that from? Is it is it Mikola? Because should be he's not doing it either. Bortuzzo is not getting the, the amount of minutes. Neither is Cali Rosen. I don't know that Cali is a is a physical uh, defenseman. He he's a guy that's going to take some shots and make some shots. But you got to find guys that are willing to hit people and and really prevent them from getting those shots or being being so easily available to make those passes to, to, uh, to opposing teammates.
4: And they gave Mikola 20 minutes last night and Miko has a ton of ability but at some point he's got to translate that ability into production. Yeah. And to this point and, and we're moving along now. It's a hard position to learn but at this point I think that he's a guy that should be better than he is, and that's one of the names, by the way, on the defense that Baruby didn't mention mm-hmm. as playing particularly yeah. well last night, despite 20 minutes and 16 seconds of ice time.
3: Well, if you're not, I, this is the part that, that troubles me, and I, I don't know if, if Baruby's hands are, are tied, and not, not in the sense from upper management, but just because of you don't trust the, the other guys to, to perform, maybe it's one of those things that this guy is performing as well as anyone else will, and we don't have anyone else to put in that Place, mm-hmm. and that's why he gets those minutes. I don't know, Randy. I, I, I've been I've been on the Cali Rosen uh, bandwagon for a while now, wanting him to get more opportunities, wanting him to get more minutes. Someone's going to have to explain to me why he why this isn't happening. Because when he's playing, he seems to be playing pretty well. Only got 11:56 of ice time last yeah, night. I don't understand
4: it. And then the final thing, and we mentioned this early in the show, but if you didn't hear it, the Blues did score a pair of power play goals, had a shorthanded goal. That means they scored three special teams goals and two. Five-on-five goals. They were uh, outscored five-on-five by Toronto. But here's the most notable thing to me. The Blues only had one plus player on the night. Nick Letty was plus one. Everybody else was either even or minus. And for the night, the Blues were minus six and Toronto clobbered them five on 5 The we'll just have to play better five on five
3: they have to figure that out and if, I mean we talked about it earlier you spend more time on the ice on in five on five than you do on special teams and if you're not able to prevent shots on goal rebounds guys in front of your net if you if you aren't able or willing to get guys from in front of the net put body on put bodies on on men that that's going to be a tough time winning games and I said five goals in a game for me is 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 way too much and it's happening too often. And four of them for Toronto, uh, five on five. Blues scored
4: four to two, five on five last night. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. That's today's big thing here on 101 ESPN. Coming up next, TCU and Georgia will play for the national championship next week, and we're going to tell you what the blueprint for the TCU Horn Frogs, the Horn Frogs will be. Can a Horn Frog beat a Bulldog? Mm. Next on 101 ESPN.
0: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Gary Davis, Randy Carriker, great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. It's 919. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It's Georgia and it's TCU for the College Football National Championship. And the championship game will be played next Monday night, January 9th. And, of course, you'll hear it here on 101 ESPN with 730 30. Uh, 6.30, actually, being pregame 7.30 uh, kickoff. TCU has, in my opinion, carry, and I've been one of the people that has underrated them, but they are an underrated team, and I didn't think that they would beat Michigan. I do think that they have a chance, especially because they have played in so many tight games, and they did it again last week. They know how to win games in the second half of the fourth quarter. I think they'll be in the game in the second half of the fourth quarter against Georgia.
3: I I agree. I think they are a team that most people didn't think would even be here. They thought Michigan was going to run all over them and and really take them to the woodshed the way that Michigan did Ohio State. But the Horn Frogs came with a game plan and they stood up and and were not afraid or not bullied by the Big Ten school. They 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 stood right in the middle of it and they seemed to be the bully. They seemed to be the team that took it to Michigan at times and and put them in a situation where they were uh, frustrated and trying to figure some things out. This TCU team is is number five in the country in in points per game. Ohio State is number 2 in the country in points per game. We just saw what Ohio State was able to do against Georgia mm-hmm. even though Georgia is is the top number 2 team in the country defensively in points allowed per game. So they can they can be scored on. And speaking of Georgia, and so this TCU team with their ability to run the ball, the ability to pass the ball, they are a team that if you if if Georgia does not get to them early and often, it could be a long night and it could be a game where you're looking at you know third quarter mid to third quarter a closer game than than most people would expect
4: they're averaging a little over 200 yards a game 204 and a half yards a game on the ground and they also have a really good quarterback right the quarterback yeah. that was Eisman finalist so if you can set up play action it still does work it if does. you can have your running game work then i think you can attack that georgia defense
3: well yeah you you're going to run the football at them and they they are um they are a team in 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 TCU that is Unafraid and and unbothered by anything that is in front of them, and that that is that is an interesting team. They 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 only lost one game all year, and that was the big Twi- Big Ten Big Twelve championship mm-hmm. game to a team in Kansas State, who you said was probably one of the more physical teams that you've seen all football season. Uh, they beat Kansas State earlier in the season, but then they lost to them in the in the Big Twelve championship game. This TCU team, don't be surprised. I know I know, most people will look at Georgia and say, oh, the studs that they have, what they're able to do. Look at it like this. This TCU team just beat up a Michigan team who also beat up a, uh, an Ohio, Ohio State, State team the year before, I mean the week before. And that Ohio State team almost beat Georgia. So you put all of those things together now, obviously – all of that on paper doesn't matter because the matchups are going to be the matchups, and when you put the ball down, guys got to be able to perform. But when I think about this TCU team, I'm looking at a team that is not afraid. They are not in awe of the Big Ten champions in Michigan, and therefore they're not going to be in awe of the big of the SEC champions in in, in Georgia, and they're going to be prepared and ready to go at them. And by the way, the and I know it's
4: it's something that's trite and you know, and I think I know, you can't have a chip on your shoulder for a whole 60-minute football game, okay? They can use the lack-of-respect card at the beginning of a game, and it works maybe for four or five plays, but then after that, once you start playing football, when you get to the fourth quarter and there's four minutes left, you aren't thinking about a chip on your shoulder.
3: You're just trying to beat the man
4: in front of you. Right, right. And I think physically, at least starting 22, I think that they can hang with Georgia. My question would be, can they hang with Georgia when it comes to depth? and when when we get past the starting twenty two Georgia has so many good players they are I yes. think that's that's where we might see the difference in this
3: was one. it earlier in the season where they said who I forget who said it, but they they were saying Georgia uh second string is the best team in the country is the second yeah. best team in the country and and so you look at it and say, wow, that is that is a a, a real interesting statement because they are so deep and that's the difference between. You know, good teams and great teams. Georgia has a team that, even when you lose a, a tight end in Washington, well, they still got Bowers on the other side. That that is still the tight end and the guy that they go to. So they are they are so deep and have so much talent. Um, it's going to be hard for TCU to match up and 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 continue to run guys out there. But if TCU can control the clock, run the football, I know they pay play an up style, up paced style of offense, but if they can run the football at them the way that they did against Michigan, I think they have an opportunity to win this game.
4: And we should note, as we talk about depth that Kendra Miller probably isn't gonna play. He got hurt, he's their leading rusher, he had fourteen hundred yards for TCU. He got hurt in the game <laughs> against Michigan, and it's a coin flip right now, I believe, as to whether or not we're gonna see him.
3: That's good. I mean and, and you you look at that you look at that and it, it may sour the 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 moment for you a little bit, but uh Amari DiMarcado had a hell of a game against good. Michigan and they they didn't seem to miss a beat when 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 uh Miller went down. So I'm not too worried about anything that TCU has in front of them. I think they are a well-coached football team. They are not afraid of of the moment. They are not afraid of the men in front of them. And it's going to be a better game than people would expect.
4: And I want to talk to you about the moment because Georgia's been through all of this. They've been through the week with all the media and all the hype leading up to the game. Does it make a difference for some teams
3: if you've been through it and the other team has not? Well, having that experience definitely helps. I mean, when you've been through... Uh, a Super Bowl, and you know what all of the week uh, entails, and all of those things. It definitely helps versus a team that it's their first time because they may be in awe or just you know not having the blinders on. And that's what that's what Georgia has the advantage for 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 this game. But when I look at this TCU team, I don't see a team that is in awe. They don't seem like the moment is too big. They don't seem afraid of everything that's in front of them. They they went and took a. If you watch the game against K State, which I think was in a, a a spectacular game that they lost, they had every chance. Dugan gave them everything he had. He was almost, you know, out of there. He 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 was he was so out of breath at at times in that game. He just kept giving you more and more and more. This is a team that, when you look at the quarterback position, who is a Heisman finalist, you look at the coach who has done it at 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 multiple stops and understands what is required to 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 be a championship caliber team. I am I am enthusiastic about what this team and what this game can be on 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 the ninth.
4: Carrie, I didn't vote for Dugan for the Heisman. No, I didn't. I, I voted for Caleb, Caleb Williams, who won. He, I don't. I don't, Stroud, he was and then good. you'll hate me for this. I voted for Corum third. Really? Yeah.
3: Randy, we got to have a conversation.
4: Yeah, but <sighs> I, I. And by the way, the conversation will not be about leaving Dugan out.
3: It'll be about Blake Corum on there. Yeah. Not Chase. Brown. Brown. I know. That's, that's what I knew the conversation was going to be about. But, yeah, I, I, again, it goes back to the level
4: of respect, and I get why they feel that they have to play the lack of respect card. And th- they've got it, but I sure respect them now.
3: Yeah, I, I you, you you have to. They, they've they earned that, especially the way they played against Michigan. And so it's going to be – I think it's going to be a really fun game. Here's the, the, the way that TCU stays in this game. They cannot allow big plays early. They cannot allow – uh uh Georgia to go up, you know, two touchdowns uh early in the game. A 14 to 3 game for Georgia leading that t- leading that game in that manner is going to be a hard uh, a, a huge hole for for TCU to dig out of. They have to keep the game close and they have to score touchdowns when they get in the red zone and not kick field goals.
4: And the other thing is I think they do need some of the things that happen against Michigan to happen. Have Georgia go for it on fourth and goal yeah. at the two and not get it, or have Georgia fumble in the red zone. Those are the sorts of things that an underdog needs yeah. to happen.
3: Be opportunistic. When, yeah. those, when those opportunities present themselves, go get it. Coming up next year on 101 ESPN,
4: rock and roll is coming your way. The Hypnotoad.
2: All glory to the hypnotoad.
0: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN,
1: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
0: Let's rock, let's rock today.
5: All right. Rock and roll. Rock, what do you got for us? First off, I do want to mention yesterday, this was, re- this was really cool. If you, I don't know if you guys saw, Tage Thompson yesterday for the Buffalo Sabres. Obviously, Buffalo Sabres, Buffalo Bills. Tage Thompson, on January 3rd, had three goals, his third hat trick of the year. It also scored his 30th goal of the year, and his game winner, his third goal of the get- game, came with three, minute, three minutes into overtime. Ooh. Obviously, a wow. tribute to number three, DeMar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills. I thought just the, just sometimes the way sports, we talked about it last week when I brought up that... That dumb tweet, and I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, you can write a movie, but you can't, you cannot plan these things out. These things have to happen organically in sports, and that's just a great example of somehow there always being something in sports that kind of makes you makes you step back and think
3: like that. And and the crazy thing is, if a if a director or or a writer were to write a script like that, you can't do that. Oh, that's so corny. That never would happen, and it happens. And those are, you know, it's just it's just a sign of, of. you know, uh, uh, something greater, paying, looking down and, and, and showing out and doing this thing. And so, you know, shout out to Taze Thompson and, and making sure that got those three goals with 30th goal of the season and, you know, three minutes left. It's just a lot of things that signify for, for the city of Buffalo, which I'm sure needs it right now. He must be really, really good. Yeah, I think he is. I think he's he's He is okay. good. Well, Randy, I, I'd, I, t- I'd he's say, he's you know, okay. he
5: is so good, you'd, you'd trade a, a Selkie and, and, you know,
3: Nah, it's okay broken footed Stanley Cup final well, he's, he's uh, really good in it. the he can right.
4: score three goals including his 30th with 3 minutes left
5: for number 3 i mean
3: he's he's Randy, okay. he's okay it's
1: right. not like
5: it's 30 goals in 36 games played or anything <laughs>
3: pretty good pretty good
5: let's right. talk about something we don't like then cuz uh, i couldn't bring i couldn't bring the uh, story like i did yesterday to the table but I, I got something a little niche here and this is for Randy character <laughs> At SoFi Stadium for the National Championship on Monday, there is a limited amount of parking spaces, and you have to do an online pass, which means there's gonna be fees attached to it. Mm -hmm. It's $75 for a car, it is $200 for a bus. If you drive an RV, tough luck, you're not allowed to park at the SoFi Mm -hmm. parking lots during the National Championship, because there is no tailgating allowed at the SoFi parking lots for the National Championship on Monday. Now, here's the thing. You can argue it. Well, brand new stadium. They don't want people to get too drunk. They don't want people mm-hmm. with all this food and everything. There are a bunch of official tailgating parties being held by the schools <laughs> and different places around the stadium that you can go to. No problem there. But if you want to pay two hundred, if you want to pay two hundred dollars for a bus or seventy five dollars for a parking spot, get your little grill out and make some food before the national championship game. Should you be a TCU or Georgia fan? You will not be allowed to do that in the SoFi parking lots. Whose idea is that? Sounds to me like a man who doesn't know much about football or people would make or a parties. decision like that, or parties <laughs> would make or, a decision like that. I can't believe it's the national title game in college football, the most tailgated, tail- tailgatable sport
3: in America. And you go, nah. Try it again. I, I like that you said doesn't know much about football or people. Yes. Like that that mm-hmm. is, a, is a distinguishing factor. If you don't know, if you're so unaware uh, or self-absorbed that you can't figure certain things out because you just, the people is not your thing and, and <laughs> somehow you have managed We were talking about this yesterday, how some people have managed to live to a certain age and just be able to go about their life with, you wonder like, how did you get here? Mm-hmm. How you, yeah. how are you yeah. still, you, you just didn't accidentally trip and fall and break an ankle or nothing bad has ever happened to you. You're, you're able to just keep living mm-hmm. and doing your thing. And, and it, it's amazing to me that some people are that way.
4: Yeah. And the, uh, with very few social skills can <laughs> still get to where they've gotten.
3: Have you, have, Randy? Have you ever been around those people that don't have, that are awkward in in conversations? Like they they can't talk or they're not and kind of, but they they are very successful. It's yeah. it's mind blowing that that people are able to to do that and not have the social skills that are required from the rest of us to to survive. Kronky is one of those guys. It's amazing to me. Yeah. By the way, one fun
4: fact here that will make you a little bit happier. Oh, so everything was happening in a real hurry. I've talked to a couple lawyers about this. On January 12th 2016 when the vote was held and all of the wheeling and dealing was going on things were happening in a hurry Mm -hmm. and the deal to bring the Chargers or Raiders as it turned out the Chargers to LA along with the Rams was made within the space of 90 minutes and Kroenke apparently never really believed That one of those teams was going to join him okay so one of the things that he agreed to was that the team that moved with him that wasn't paying any of the construction costs of the stadium gets 15 percent of all the revenue generated (laughs) at the stadium that includes final fours that includes olympics that includes national football championship games The, the san diego the la chargers don't have to lift a finger on monday and get fifteen percent of everything that's that generated. Is beautiful. That's a beautiful deal. That's,
3: that's a beautiful deal. And yeah. when the when the Raiders and I mean when the Rams and the Chargers played one another, the Ram the the Chargers were the home team, mm-hmm. and therefore the Rams had to drive in from the hotel yep. and drive back to the hotel uh, because they were not allowed any parking. Isn't that great? Isn't that awesome? <laughs> that is, that, sometimes the small victories, Randy, are, are just enough. They're just sweet enough. It's amazing. God, that, that's
5: <laughs> that makes me so happy. But yeah, I mean, listen, the, the reason why those people are, are successful is because they're ruthless. Mm-hmm. Their inability to communicate with people is because they don't feel. And so therefore I, their ability to just be absolutely ruthless. Again, you don't you don't get to that, that point in the world where you could be the most comfortable person in the world, never bother a person, and say for my comfortability, I need to kick old people out of the homes they've had for their entire lives. That's the level the man drops drive you know drops to. Again, when you're getting personally name called, in people's obituaries because they wanted a letter about basically telling you to you know to you know to long walk off a short pier. When they leave that for you after they die, that says something about who you are. Well without getting into all
4: the details of it, I mean dealing with people with lower incomes wasn't something I particularly look forward to, frankly.
3: That that Mr. Cronkie? It is. In his own words, here's my here's my. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, that? I told everyone in the room today that I have not been able to understand the emotion since 2002.
3: <laughs> I, I see what you did there.
4: <laughs> I oftentimes get stopped in Los Angeles, and they'll go, "Are you that guy?" <laughs> you have <laughs> go back to St. Louis. <laughs>
3: I like that. That's what you did there. I, I was going to say something, but hey, you know, it says it all. Hey, just, how, how old is Stan Crockett?
4: About seventy something. Okay, well, I can't say what I was going to say. Yeah, go ahead.
3: No, I was gonna, hey, he's closing gonna, he's, in. he's, he's, he's in the front. Come <laughs> on, <Okay. No. laughs> I'll, I'll take credit for it. I was just, you know, I, I, well, I often wonder in life when people are Richards and they and yeah. they've been Richards their entire life, how they never got punched in the face. Like at at, at any point in life, you come across people that are that way. Like at some point, you gotta, sometimes people deserve to be punched in the face. I'm not telling anyone to go do it, but I'm wondering why or if it has ever happened. Like there are a few people in history recently in the last four to six years that I just wondered why someone didn't punch them right in the face. Just one good time, just pow and. Go about your day. like. Yep. It doesn't, you only have to stay there. You can just punch them in the face and keep watch, walking. But I wonder that. Like uh, that's that's my. That I, I wonder. Yeah. Mike Tyson. Hey. He said. People, social media has made people comfortable with not getting punched in the mouth. I, that's I, true. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. But living life in a certain way has made some people comfortable with not being punched in the face. Yeah. And and asking, are you? Do you feel better? Or are you going to make better decisions? Yeah. I think that's think it's called for sometimes, but he's he's an older gentleman, so I'm not you know saying that anyone. Yeah, seventy five by the way. Don't walk up and punch anything.
4: Okay, I'm going to leave the names out to protect the innocent here. Okay, I like this. A certain head coach that won a Super Bowl for Stan Kroenke. Okay, was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame Mm. during the summer. Okay, Kroenke's LA Rams were set to honor said coach in LA. (laughs) Okay. One of said coach's players called coach and said, Hey, coach, I got all my tickets. I'm ready to go. Why haven't you called me about this uh, being honored in L.A.? And said coach said, because I'm not going.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then two weeks later, said coach was in the city where he did win the Super Bowl wearing his gold cool jacket.
3: Uh, Randy, you you're, you're,
5: you're uh, let's call it a paraphrase tirade from Mr. Crocky that reminds me of my favorite piece of audio that I've ever heard uh, put together for you, my Mr. One Mike Ryder. You know what? F*** that and f- your f- Company, there you go.
4: Yeah, I, I did say that. I, can, I cannot, say that I cannot like- deny that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> can I deny it? People don't want to see angry Randy. I'm letting you all know. I laughed for a solid five minutes when Mike Ryder showed me that clip for the first time.
4: Oh man, oh, oh. fun stuff. So anyway, that's uh, that's good news that. Uh, <laughs> Fans aren't going to have the opportunity to do.
5: Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Why would you night. want to do that? But hey, you can pay like I think like two like one hundred and seventy five dollars to get a ticket to the official Dogs
3: Day oh, Party because that makes sense. Do the Do the Chargers get a piece of that? Fifteen percent of that? <laughs> I, I'm I'm intrigued I now. So. I love it. Oh yeah, I think that is awesome. Isn't that great? Here's it's another special. thing
4: about it with the Chargers. So there is no minimum that the Chargers have to require for PSLs, but everything they do generate from their PSL sales goes into Debt service on the stadium, so they have to hand it over to Kroenke, so he can pay debt service on the stadium. Yeah, so what they're doing is they're charging five hundred bucks for four PSLs each, yeah. you know, five hundred, and they go to Kroenke and say, "Okay, here's two grand to pay down your five there and a half billion go. dollar debt."
3: I love it. I love it. That's some smart people. <laughs> yeah,
4: they got it going there. Uh, thank you, Matthew. <laughs> thank you, Randy. Coming up next, what's on tap as we head towards TMac and Ajax in a balloon party here on 101 ESPN
1: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn presented by dobbs tire and auto centers
4: They're picking on universities here. <laughs> carrie and matthew both well aware that uh, and I have no animosity here. I've just heard the joke that the N on the helmet, the white helmet, the red N stands for knowledge.
5: <laughs> 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 if I'm wrong, they they're still the only non-AAU school in the Big Ten, right?
3: no nah. We were talking about <laughs> Illinois playing Northwestern, and I I said the nerds up north. Uh, I That's love a, that. So they they up north. Okay. Yeah. Did you go four and zero? Again, you played Northwestern. You played four, North, uh, four no, times, right? No, we didn't go four. No, Northwestern. We were beating. We rock. I went one in eleven my senior year. <laughs> oh, oh. So, so the one came against Illinois getting State. Getting beat yeah, against the, the, was, getting beat by nerds. Can't feel Here's good. the here's the thing, Ra- 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 Rock. We were up at halftime. This oh, is no oh. lie. We were up at halftime. Oh, Jason no. Wright was one of the running backs. The the uh, the president commanders for, for, for the commanders. They ran the ball every play the second half. Against us and won. They did not throw the ball. You can you can Google it. So they did not. Two thousand and three. They ran the ball every single play in the second half. Did not throw the ball one time, and they beat us. They were down at halftime.
4: Did you grudgingly appreciate it? It's sort of.
3: <laughs> I respected that. Like, oh did, 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 did your defense adjust at all? I, they, rock. They were down at halftime, and they ran the ball every play in the second half. It was it was a feat that oh, I, it was
5: the last game of the season. Yes. Oh
3: no. That's how we lost. They they ran the ball every play. Have you ever heard of the Norman
4: Conquest for Mizzou? (laughs)
3: Look at Rock's face
5: as he's reading the stats. Brett Bassanez was 3 of 9 with an interception going into half. And what did he finish? He finished three of nine. <laughs>
3: they, they ran, they ran Jason, the ball. Jason
5: Wright ran the ball 42 times for every 251 yards. Play. Noah Heron awesome. ran 17 times for 163
3: yards. Jason Wright scored four touchdowns. They ran the football oh. every single play when they came out of halftime. Carrie Davis. <laughs>
5: That's a real. Brett
3: Bassett has threw the ball nine
5: total times in the Do you eye know eye. how many times you caught the ball that game? Ten. You caught the ball ten
3: times. Ten they threw the ball yeah.
0: nine. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's I've amazing. never seen that before. I, 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 you I was had there. More catches than they had
3: attempts. <laughs> I was there. What? Rock. I was there. I will That's never phenomenal. forget that. We were down. We were winning at halftime. And what, what's the final score? Oh, you guys lost thirty-seven to twenty. We were winning at halftime, and the head coach for Northwestern said, "You know what? The hell with it. We're going to run the football and make them stop us." And that's that's how I know teams will break at some mm-hmm. point when you run the ball at them. Our team we had to have broken. It was we got it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah you, you you had to go to your backup quarterback at one point. Yeah. I don't even remember who our quarterbacks were. It was um, was Butcher starting? No, Dustin uh,
5: Ward? Either Chris, uh I guess Dustin Ward was starting and then was replaced by Chris Pazin Paison. Chris Pazan Uh cuz Dustin Ward Dustin Ward threw 3 interceptions and then followed it, it up by three and season, one of his own. Man,
3: it, it was a, a rough season.
4: 1-11 <laughs> <and> <laughs> when uh, Missouri <laughs> lost to Oklahoma 77-nothing. They were way down at halftime, and the Oklahoma defensive coordinator was a former assistant at Mizzou, and I believe a, a graduate of the University of Missouri literally sent a note over to the Mizzou coaching staff saying, you're in the wrong defense.
3: <laughs> you got to help them out. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to. And, and they wound up losing 77 nothing Some coaches might feel disrespected mm-hmm. by that, but if I send you a note say, hey, man, hey. You're doing the wrong thing. You're gonna. It's gonna be a long day if you continue to do this. I mean, at what point do you put 11, 10 guys
5: in the box and just put a safety deep and say, "Try it.
3: See they what happens." They ran the football every single play. You imagine being I can't. on offense. I can't. and watching an opposing team not come off the field and they run the. You know what's coming. You know which play. Jason, can you look your linebackers in the eye the same way after that? Nah, we don't have conversations. (laughs) We don't talk about it. I just. There was a point, Rock. I'm not. This is how bad this season was. (laughs) It was a bad season. There was a point we were playing Iowa. I felt like I was the only one that felt this way about our season and how how poorly it was going. My teammate Derek Strong had dove and lunged for a tackle and and I think he just got the guy out of bounds and he was on defense. He was a defensive end and I looked in his eyes in that moment, I said, Oh, he feels how I feel. And we had a moment on the field. I said, Come on, man, get up. Come on, I got you. Like, I felt like I was alone. And I realized in that moment, I had one guy with me. I'm gonna help you off this field. We're gonna get to this sideline, and we're gonna, if we gotta cry together, we'll cry together. But damn it, I'm gonna get you up. Because you are with me and I am with you. I thought I was by myself until that moment. We still laugh about that to this day. Because <laughs> I saw the hurt. And the pain mm-hmm. and the exhaustion like I'm giving everything I got <laughs> oh, and we just ain't got it and it was it was a, it was a moment for us <laughs> that's <Yeah>.
4: classic <laughs> <Love it. laughs> Uh, great job today by our producer, engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. CD, this was fun.
3: It was. Thank you, sir. Uh,
4: bringing back. It's funny how they, they aren't really great memories, but you're laughing about oh,
3: them. it. Oh, you can laugh about it now. In the moment, you <laughs> definitely wanted to cry. It, <laughs> it was a rough time. Hey, we
4: thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. T Mac and Ajax coming up with the balloon party next. For all of us, until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis.
0: You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions.
0: Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band.
1: Next up for lead guitar. You're in.
0: Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? (laughs) No, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool.
4: Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers.